Hello everyone, welcome to Frame Trap. With me this week, I have the one, the only, Michael Damiani. What is up, Ben Moore? Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Great. Michael Huber. I like Jared Leto as Joker. <laughs> Controversy already in the first minute of the podcast. Bradley Ellis. <laughs> Phantom Hourglass is trash. Alright, I like this man. I agree with that. We're gonna get along. <laughs> uh, Huber, did you see the IGN interview with Jared Leto? Yeah, it was like really weird. Really weird. Yeah. Is, is we this all die, man. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's like this, is he turning it on or is this role like actually killing people? I don't know. J- Jared Leto, I don't know if I could hang out with that guy. It might be a little, a little awkward. Maybe like a good ten minutes. Sure. Then you're like, all right. I thought it would be entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like only so much. Yeah, Leto. only so, only so much Leto. Only so much Leto. Well said, Brad. Uh, this is Frame Trap. Uh, I know a lot of people think the name is silly, but that's the whole point. Uh, if you, if this is your first time. Who thinks time, the name is silly? A lot of people are like, why are you called Frame Trap? But it's all right. It's okay. We're not going to let any negativity into this space Frame right trap. now. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to bring that up because if you, if this is your first time watching Frame Trap or listening to Frame Trap, if you're listening to the audio version, uh, we, t- uh, it's very casual. We talk about what we've been playing. We have one big heated conversation over a specific topic, and then we go into user emails. So it's sort of fun, rambly, and positive. Those are the three tenets of Frame Trap. I just made those up. But uh, starting with that first tenant, Michael Huber, what have you been playing slash watching Whoa. slash yeah, reading? Yeah, it's crazy order Whoa. right now. Ben's yeah. just popping. Whoa, throwing like, me off. Yeah, I like to keep guests <laughs> on their toes. Had no time to prepare. Or I meant to say Michael Damiani and Michael Huber came out. Yeah. Which oh. one of those oh. is the truth? <laughs> it takes a big person to admit their mistakes. Michael uh, Huber. Yep. Michael, yep. I forgot your last name. Let's go, Huber. <laughs> well, because, right. okay, I don't normally call Damiani Money, Michael. Michael. Yeah, no and one does. So it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah I have a friend like that. All right, so you, you do want me to start. I can I can start. All right, if that's we'll what start you really with meant. We, we want to go with the creator intent here. Yeah, like, what's the creator? <laughs> creator, creator, the, creator yeah. does, the creator does not know his own intent. But uh, all right, Damiani, right. please. All right. Start. So let's start with. Uh, I want to talk about two games. I'll okay. start with the first. Just finished playing through Phantom Hourglass. Garbage. <laughs> so uh, let it let it sink to the bottom of the ocean. The the end of the Wind Waker. The wish should have been wash away this filth. <laughs> And let timeline. him never see the light of day again. <laughs> Holy crap, that game. So, it has a few brilliant moments. Like, I still think the ice temple in that game actually is pretty good. The ice dungeon was actually legitimately good. So you got one puzzles. good temple. And then there was one part in the last dungeon that I did. Not the temple of the, ocean, the ocean King. King. But the, uh, the one in the where you go to like the Egyptian ruins type place where you got to meet the brothers. I forget all the names because I, I stopped caring about Phantom Hourglass for <laughs> about ten minutes into that game. Um... It has some good ideas in it, but an overwhelming majority of the game is just n- not boring. It's it, it like the dungeons lack uh, that kind of atmosphere and theme for the most part that you expect from Zelda dungeons. But it, the 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 biggest sin it commits to me is just, and I can see it. It might be playing it on the Wii U version with the gamepad. Like the touchscreen crap might be weird. Might be my gamepad. But its precision was like trash compared no, no, to what no, no. I remember. That was on the DS version also. That's, okay. Well, yeah. I seem to remember the DS version not being as bad for some reason. Like I still had issues with it, but not to the level that I was like getting so angry that things weren't working. I'm like, I was. Okay. I was so, dying in like boss fights because of it. 
Like, just... So, the, my, the things that suck about it, they, they, they could do this. I don't get why they're doing it. Give an option to move Link with the D-pad or something. Like, really? You gotta make me touch the screen? And then, you can use all the items with the stupid drawing, the stylus thing, but why the hell are sword slashes... Dude. Like, to make, a, like, a line on the screen. I hate that. It drives me insane. It, it's just bad. And then the rolling is drawing a circle. It's like... That That was the worst one for me. Yeah, it's like... It's, like, it never worked. Like, there's one direction I can never do. It's like, I hate you, game. I can't draw a circle this way. Whatever. I'm like, you know... So, anyway... I Yeah, not a good game. Uh, very average to maybe, like below average possibly like what would you sits, give it what sits around it like i said I, I said on the stream i'd give it between a five and a six honestly yeah it's yes. not the it's not the worst zelda in my opinion but it's definitely Whoa. bottom tier what's your wait oh wait. i hate triforce heroes the game is trash <laughs> okay. i cannot stand triforce okay. heroes <laughs> that doesn't count you know that doesn't count okay. it's not really a main line it's, it's not, not a main, main line, line. Yeah, yeah. okay it's not a main line yeah. you know when a game controls really really well and you just kind of sink into it and you never think about the controls like i know you're your, thinking about your actions right now. what's that i know you're thinking about Bayonetta. Right <laughs> i mean i'm always thinking about Bayonetta. Bayonetta is a good example but there are other good examples where like what you're thinking directly translate to what you're you're doing with your fingers mm-hmm. and i feel like with phantom hourglass and spirit tracks as well I always had to think about what I was doing. I'd be like, okay, wait, no, I need to make this. Like, it just, yeah. despite playing it for, you know, more than 10 hours, it never really felt like I got in tune with it. And I, I seen a, a, like, I reviewed Spirit Tracks for game trailers. I thought Spirit Tracks was better than Phantom Hourglass. It, yeah. I, I do want to go back now. I hope they put it on Wii U Virtual Console as well so I can do that, uh, replay it on stream, because I want to just reconfirm that it's better. But at the same time, like I constantly tell people this because now you know it's been years. We're no longer GT. I tell everyone like the only reason Spirit Tracks got the score it did was because of our bizarro scoring system back in the day, which was if you reviewed a sequel of a game or a game in a series and you said it was better than said game, even if you weren't the one who re- reviewed the original said game, it has to get a higher score than it. <laughs> so because Phantom Hourglass got like an eight eight or an eight nine like game trailers, I had to give Spirit Tracks. A 9.0. It was like the... That was the only time I was happy we had a decimal point system. Because it was the most marginally incremental higher score I could give it. And it was still like an injustice. I was like, this game is not a 9. I was like, no. No. Spirit Jacks is like better, but it's like just not a 9. That is a corrupt system right there. Yeah, that is a corrupt system. It was not a a happy day. Like I I remember having a talk with someone about like, do I really have to give it the scores? Like, like, you can go try and argue it, man, but like... You know what's going to be said. Like, it's going to have to get the score. And I was like, oh, I hate life. I had, to, I had to write one sentence in the conclusion paragraph because the review didn't, like... Like, the tone at the end isn't really justify the score, but you say it's better. So we need, like, something a little bit, like, more positive at the end. I'm like... Corruption. I was like, I'm not writing that sentence. Corruption. Someone else writes the sentence. <laughs> I, I'm not writing that sentence. Because <laughs> someone else can write it. Who wrote it? I don't know. To this day. Someone had one sentence. Daniel Bloodworth. (laughs) (laughs) That that betrayer. (laughs) The the, the betrayer. Um, To be fair, Daniel Bloodworth has never like swayed one of my review scores ever. Out of like yeah, no, no, forty reviews. The only time Blood and I got he wasn't 
disagreeing with me. I just remember the look on his face when he's like, Bayonetta 2, 9.8, are you sure you want to do this? Like, <laughs> are you sure you <laughs> want to sure? do this? Are you sure? <laughs> you want to, it's like the, the Mega64 documentary about game journalism. You're going to give this game that score? Are you sure about it, man? <laughs> the fallout from the internet. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was surprise more than, than anything else. I the other game, enough Zelda talk, um... So yesterday, I decided to play through the demo. The full release comes out today of something called Another Metroid 2 Remake. Dude, I saw you playing this. Yeah. So it is, you can call it HD, whatever you want to call it. It is a fan remake of Metroid 2 in style of Zero Missions graphics, I would say. Yeah, the visuals look too Yeah. Oh, really? So I played through the demo. And when you say demo, it's everything but the final boss is the demo. And I was like, What? Because I was like, oh, this could take 30 minutes to play through. Three hours later, I was like, we're still going yeah. at this. Holy crap, it is good. That's like, awesome. And the full release is supposedly today. I don't know if it happened, but it says releasing August 6th. But I played original Metroid 2 on uh, 3DS through the virtual console like two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I did finish it. I didn't use any help. But I remember being a little bit frustrated about not having a map because how simple... Because Metroid on NES, a lot of stuff looks similar, but at least had color. Yes. With Game Boy, everything in that... Oh, gosh. It was like everything kind of looks the you same. You are naming my view and, this, and, and then Brad game. pointed out the super zoomed-in view of Samus. Yeah. So it was like, oh, you can't see crap on the screen. But I liked a lot of the stuff in there. Like, the the Metroids evolved and got heart, like, you know, yeah. more advanced over time. The, the spider ball, where you could, like... You were supposed to go all the way up, like, walls into the ceiling. I was like... Man, am I going out of bounds or something? It's like, this not intended. Like, no, they totally intended you to go on those like, little journeys around the environment. So, like, this is pretty cool. And then the whole lava thing, that, like, you couldn't progress until you killed enough Metroids. But the remake, I just want to give special shout-outs this one part where this isn't really spoiling anything from Stranger Things, but it looks like the dude was inspired by the Upside Down or something. But he made this before, but yeah. it's like this... Looks like the same environment, and everyone was like on the streams, like, "Why does the lighting suck?" I'm like, "You don't get it." Like, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be like you can't see shit right now. And you come across a Gamma Metroid, like at the worst moment, and you're just like, "I was just like, fuck!" I was like, so like freaked out. I was like, "No, no, no!" I was like, "I can't see this shit. I am so fucked right now." It was really good. And then there's this whole escape sequence. It's not the end of the game. They added it in, I think. It makes you think you fail, even though you succeed. Like you're trying to get through this barrier, and it's like it's a, it's intense stuff. The meter like fills up. Like there's a meter that's filling up that says like core breach is gonna happen, or whatever. You gotta get out of this zone in time before it blows up. And there's these two mechanical doors I gotta open really slowly. You get past the first one, you go, come on, damn it, open, open, open. You get to the second one, starts open, like all right, I'm safe. Boom! This explosion goes off. You get knocked across the screen, and it flashes the way. You're like, I just what? I have to fucking redo this. And then like it's it was cinematic. Samus is like there, lying half dead, five HP left. She just like gets up slowly. She's like, "I got this. I'm good." It was like supposed to happen. I was like, Ooh, "So good." Uh, it it was just very good. Um, this sounds oh, awesome. Small complaint about the rope where you have to control a uh, robot torso section. Mm -hmm. um, you have, you have to do this game. Yeah, you have to hop around uh, to break open a, uh, a path. And then return back to Samus, and then go through the new path you, you carved out. But there are like obstacles. You get you can take three hits of the robot, and then you're dead. But you have no offensive capabilities. You just you move by holding down the A button to jump, and how long you hold it down determines how far you'll go. But there's like three. It seems like there's three or four set distances that you can jump. There are parts where like you're just like a pixel too close to like an obstacle, and like you can't 
get out of it in time before you blow up. And it was really frustrating, like, how many times you had to do it. Just to, like, it's like, can you just add ability for Metroid to crawl? Why can't Metroid crawl? Like, that joke came up. It was just using, it's use its arms to crawl, like, two feet over or something. Mm. It was super simple to add. I was like, I was like, I'm streaming, like, if you're listening to this dude, like, please just, like, add the ability for this to crawl. Like, make this part way smoother. It's a cool idea. Just, just tweak that. And then the jumping, the platforming mechanics felt this, like, tiny bit weird, but got used to them. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of fun. Like, I did not intend to play through three hours of that. I was like, not, 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 I'm not going to play through three hours. And I was like, whoa, shit, it's been three hours. We, we did not stop playing this. So, yeah, if the full version's out, go check it out. Like, I, I think awesome. it's it's a good way to experience Metroid 2. Like, like you said, I, I totally agree with you that Metroid 2 has a lot of great ideas. It was just hindered by... I think it's platform and oh, yeah. some oh, yeah. certain design decisions and uh, a chance at like looking at that and being like, how can we make this better? Specifically in a zero mission style, sounds awesome. They also added because uh, Samus visor scan stuff in the games. Yeah. So they added in the option to it will just automatically scan and enter a new zone. It'll give you some a lore, a tiny lore dump about what the area is like, cool. how many Metroids you have, and when you encounter new enemies or new Metroid forms, it'll give you a little bit like a data dump because. Her visor is supposed to scan and give you data. You can turn all that off if you're like, oh, that, that kind of like gives me too much information. Like, Metroid and Metroid 2 were great because it gave you like nothing. You even have a map. Like, that was like the charm about it. And I kind of liked it. Like, it was just enough information to tell you like how to beat the boss. It was just like, here, it has a weak point that's probably around here. Here's what we scanned about it. Like, you know, try this. And it's like, good luck at that. Um, one part that was hilarious is that one of the bosses, the last form, not the final boss, but the third form Metroid that looked like a, the Xenomorph almost. It's in, I fought one in this lo really long like hallway type environment, like nothing in it, just got like dodge attacks. It somehow hit me when I was behind it, but damage boosted me in front of it, and it kept doing a dash slash dash slash attack back to back. And basically looked like a Balrog combo that took me across the whole room. <laughs> I was like, what is this frame trap hit stun bullshit here? Ten hit combo. I have six energy tanks. I go down to like half health. I was like, who, who let PR Balrog code this boss here? I was like, what am I doing? It was pretty funny. I was like, alright, that that was that was worth almost dying to. It's good. Michael Huber, for real this time. Lay whatever you've been doing upon us. Uh, Batman Telltale Episode 1. Mm -hmm. It's got some problems. Uh -oh. It's got some jank. It's got some, got some serious problems. And yeah, I'm a Telltale apologist. Serious. Indeed. Um, love all their games. Uh, I excuse the jank. Because, um, you know, they're not full-price games. Or they're still smaller games. There's this perception that it's like, oh, Telltale, like big AAA game. And it's not. It's like $20, I think, for the whole season. There are just some weird... Well, first, first the technical issues are, like, really bad. Like, worse than any Telltale game I've ever played. Um, Whoa. It's just really choppy. Jeez. Super long load times. Like, lip sync stuff. Just just unfortunate. See, I, I think you played a lot of Telltale games... Uh, way after their Correct. release in most instances. And so, like, when I was reviewing some yeah. of these games, I came up with so stuff. So, I did that in all instances except Walking Dead Michonne. Mm -hmm. uh, and that ran fine. 
like Walking Dead Michonne compared to this is like a, a quality mm. uh, difference for sure. Um, and the biggest thing I want to I want to talk about is that when you know we had Walking Dead and we had Game of Thrones and for me even Tales from the Borderlands, I hadn't played good games in those series. That's not a knock on Borderlands. I just don't care for it. Um, <laughs> I hadn't played a good Game of Thrones game. I hadn't played a good Walking Dead game. So it was cool to play it in this fashion. Whereas when I'm like beating people up in Telltale Batman, it is impossible not to think of the Arkham games. Mm -hmm. And to think of that, you know, it's been such a saturation of the market with Batman that uh, it's really hard to... to kind of get it out of my mind um you know but that's not telltale strength combat it's all about their dialogue choices and everything but i just have a problem with like some of the bruce wayne situations in this game like there was a part when you're in the park and you're meeting someone and they make a joke about like being mugged and he's like haha i haven't been mugged in 20 years like, Bruce Wayne is not going to joke around about, like, how his parents died, you know? Right. Like, it, it was just super jarring. Uh, really took me out of it. Then there's, like, a moment where he just, like, casually strolls into a back alley and his car is there and he turns it into the Batmobile as Bruce Wayne right there in public. I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like... I have it, a question for you. It just... A lot of this game feels misguided. So, so I was watching Batman the Killing Joke last yeah. night, and I, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, with something like Batman, mm -hmm. right, that's been around for so long and has passed yeah. through so many hands that have interpreted the character differently and the legacy differently. Yeah. Uh, how, like, is there a correct correct way to interpret Batman? Absolutely not. I am always open to every single type of interpretation of Batman, but when he's, like, making light of being mugged right. about it, like, that is the one sacred kind of thing that you don't F with. Like, I would never I would never see Batman joking about that ever in my life. Um, I mean, if you can defend it in a, in a logistical way, or like, if you can show me why he was kind of why he said that yeah and give me a reason for it i'm open to it but at this point through episode one that moment was well, bizarre that and and when you said the batmobile thing even yeah. if you remove the character of batman it just sounds like a stupid thing for a hero yes. to do yeah you know and so Broad just on its own, it's dumb yeah uh but you know and we're not gonna go into spoilers they're doing some cool things with villains that are their own interpretation which i really like um yeah uh, again, it's only episode one. There's still four more to go. Telltale is all about the culmination of choices. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some cool cool decisions you can make, obviously. But, you know, just some weird things. Like, cops came into a room. Then I, like, said some dialogue. And then they came into the room again. Just, like, really, really janky. Really funky stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, that is... Unfortunate for now. Especially coming off the highs that I've had with the lukewarm received Game of Thrones. I absolutely loved it. Tales from the Borderlands, Wolf Among Us, all the Walking Deads. Like, I love these games and I love Batman. So it's like a match made in heaven for me. 
but the technical issues and kind of the weird Bruce Wayne comments kind of took me out of episode one so far. Would you say this game was not ready to come out? Yeah, it seems maybe a little rushed. Uh, maybe should have waited a little bit, you know? Um, Telltale, it, your engine seems outdated. and It's really, been outdated for yeah, years. You know, I would appreciate it if they maybe polished that up or invested some tech. Well, you know, I can't really speak for their business model. That's not really my element. But, you know, when you see a yeah. door smoothly, like, smoothly close... And then one second later, like, a guy, like, choppily turn. It's just so inconsistent that it is hard not to be taken out of it. Uh, I totally agree with you that the engine needs an update. But mm. before The Walking Dead Season 1, some of the games they were making, specifically, like, Jurassic Park, you could yeah. tell that they were, they, they were trying to find their technical footing. And it seems like, you know, say what you will about the bugs and things, but they, they found something that met a high level of success with Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And so I think... From their perspective, it's like, okay, this is working. We're just going to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, and so I think maybe that is creating some sort of tunnel vision. But yeah, yeah they do They do need an update. Another question I have mm-hmm. for you real quick. Uh, I haven't played this yet. I have it downloaded on my PS4, and I haven't gone through it. I will, hopefully this weekend. Uh, but I was reading some reviews, and they were saying, you know, it is kind of Batman as you would expect. And my favorite Batman stories are the ones that sort of add a new piece to the Batman puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, would you agree with those comments? Or do you think that's not really relevant? Or how do you feel? Again, it's episode one. I can see how someone would say that. And again, there are some little nuanced lore changes that I appreciate so far. Mm. Um, you know, and I... I I shouldn't have even brought it up because I do hate judging episodic games before I've had my fill of it all. But for me, it was a little little bit of a rough start, a little right out of the it's gate. It's fine. You're only judging episode yeah, one at this exactly. point. Exactly. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. So Again, the, 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 again I, I can't stress that enough, that, that the story whole, I like the direction it's going. But uh, some of the minor things, again, like what Bruce Wayne said and, and whatnot, are kind of rub me the wrong way. And, uh, you know, I think it would especially rub you the wrong way, whereas something like Tales of the Borderlands or... They can say Game whatever Thrones, the hell. Yeah, like, you're just, you, you like those yeah. properties in most instances except for Borderlands, but, like, Batman yeah. is sacred to you. Yeah. So you are going to notice yeah. the little things that maybe yeah. uh, a casual fan may not, might not yeah. pick up on. And <laughs> I, love, I love it all regardless. Like, it's still Batman. You know, I'm... Yeah. I'm a Telltale apologist second, and a Batman apologist till death. Like, you know, if unless Bruce Wayne comes out and says, huh, my parents, whatever, you know, so be it. Unless he blatantly says that, like, I'm all in. So, yeah. What else you got for us? I know, I know Batman Telltale is not the only thing. I have one and a half things, like I usually do, one and a half more. Uh, Abzu. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. Well, you and I had a conversation about this, mm-hmm. and I think the the way that you phrased it to me is uh, is a good summary. So, yeah. So you said it is journey underwater. It is. And I'm not trying to be too reductive yeah. here, but like Austin Wintery soundtrack, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But like almost so beat for beat, right. To Journey, that it's you know. So they're like, let's do Journey again. 
just yeah. underwater. Which isn't a bad thing, you know? First-person shooters, like, let's do shooting again. Let's do uh, platforming again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you mm-hmm. love Journey, you're going to love this game. Um, <laughs> sometimes, for me, ambiguous narratives are over my head. Sure. You know? I have nothing against them. Um, I'm in maybe the minority that... Or no, probably the majority. I don't know. Who knows if it's majority or minority. I like when a, I like both. I like ambiguous stories, but I like when a story is kind of told to me through a person's perspective. What I don't like, what I really don't like, is when a game has an ambiguous ending and you come out and criticize it, and then a bunch of people say, well, you just didn't get it. No, sometimes, like, just because a game's ending or anything's ending is mm-hmm. ambiguous does not mean it is free from criticism or that the person didn't understand. Like, yeah. you can like, you can not like an ambiguous ending and totally be justified yeah. in that belief. Um, I feel like I understood it, but I mean, I just, I felt so much with Journey, um, that it just stayed with me so long, and then when Abzu was done, I was kind of just like, okay. Uh, definitely a game you don't want to rush. Maybe I did kind of rush through it because I'm so busy right now, and, Mm. you know, I, I, I was like, oh, it's only a couple hours, maybe I'll just try to, try to plow through this, um definitely try to enjoy that game in a very specific type of setting like nice hot summer day cool breeze take your time with it like it is a game that you do not want to rush through and you don't want to get through it just to get through it it's a it's a meditative game so maybe i just wasn't in the right mindset to fully enjoy it uh but it's it's a cool game in defense of abzu um you know even though it may not be as monumental as journey Mm -hmm. there aren't very many journey-like games yeah. and so I, in a way i sort of appreciate that just totally. something that you can kind of get into explore and it's leisurely and you know yeah. like i said not revelatory in the same way but still an enjoyable relaxing experience totally it's cool just don't expect some you know crazy epiphany like journey was i think mm. maybe i was mm. kind of expecting yeah. a, expectations. an end-all be-all moment um just take it at for what it is what you think that game is it is I feel if like a lot sense. of what we're saying could potentially be applied to No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just don't expect too much. Um, and it's a very soothing game. And, and playing it, too, I feel like I've been harping on it, which I, I definitely don't want to do. But something positive about it I love about video games is that they can be so radically different. Like, this is a game where I'm just swimming underwater uh, and I just thought to myself so many times, like, this is what it's all about. This is what I love. Like, this is the industry. This is, you know, I'm not shooting people right now. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm just swimming underwater. And that's, uh, I love that. That's okay. Yeah. Not picking up color-coded loot. Uh, yeah, not picking up loot. Not leveling up. Yep. Not assigning skill points. Yep. I'm just freely exploring. Can't prestige in abs. <laughs> 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 Uh, and lastly, really quick, public service announcement. Damiani's here. He's going to back me up. Damiani, I feel like no one is watching the night of. And it is upsetting me right now. Like, True Detective caught on in this crazy fervor zeitgeist everyone week to week, like Game of Thrones levels. And when I bring up the night of, people are like, huh? What is it? I have a theory why that is. Oh, what's your theory? What's wanna, the theory? Yeah, let's I guess I was going to say something, but yeah. you go your theory so, first. Uh, so, True Detective Season 1, yeah. uh, it was ripe 
before memes, mm -hmm. right? Like the things that came out of Matthew McConaughey's mouth, yeah. you could post on the internet and make fun of and, and do stupid things with. Yeah. And I think I'm not solely attributing to this. Obviously, True Detective season one is amazing. Yeah. But I think sort of that that internet culture sort of latched on to True Detective season one and maybe. Yeah gave it a broader signal totally. than, than it otherwise would have. I agree with that because The Night Of definitely does not have Matthew McConaughey. Oh, <laughs> it does not. Yeah. <laughs> but it does have... Um, yeah, the, the, you're talking about the lawyer guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Turturro. John Turturro. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and he's incredible. Yeah, he, like... I'm watching it because of him, honestly. Yeah. Like, but I, let's I, not like, go into yeah, any no, spoilers no, no, no. for the show. Yeah, I'm not saying anything for about sure. it, but like that's who like I'm paying most attention to. The, mm -hmm. the case is kind of just like his backdrop about yeah. how is his character going to develop because yeah. you're starting to see the signs of, hmm, you know, here we go. We like this is probably going to be like maybe the main, actual main character of the mm -hmm. show. Um, I don't. I know they did a lot of push for this on like HBO to like, hey, this like this is like a like a limited series thing. Like yeah. you want to check it out. But I don't know, like, just like, you mentioned True Detective, I mean, yes, it had, like, the Matthew McConaughey, like, quotable stuff that became, like, memes, but at the same time, they did a lot, a huge marketing for True Detective, and they had, like, big name actors. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Matthew Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, like, for sure. I'm gonna see these two guys together. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this sounds kind of cool, and Night Of, I think, is, it's really good, but I think it's one of those things, for whatever reason, it's hard to get people in the door for that. Mm -hmm. it, it just seems maybe either too intimidating, or... Mm -hmm too dark or whatever it is about it it's just and it's not getting a lot of like word of mouth buzz i think like mm -hmm. like like stranger things like yeah. people are like are hesitant i think a little bit about that they're like what is this like it's weird and then everyone started watching some people start watching it like they start telling me you have to watch this and then like internet videos start coming out like it's like et and close accounts third kind and goonies and like silent hill all like rolled into one everyone's like wait what I, I gotta go watch this now and like it just like caught on yeah i think maybe the night of needs like a moment in an episode where something like that happens, uh, like something like maybe big happens and everyone starts talking about it. Mm -hmm. That might do it some favors. Yeah. But otherwise, right now, I think it's it's a little bit of a hard sell. It is because it's yeah. like, how do you describe the show? It's like okay, well, it's a murder mystery, you know, which is the, the most saturated market on television. But um, I just want to say. First, watch watch the first episode, and you're gonna be immediately hooked. Like you watch the first episode, you're in. Yeah. Uh, but just to end it, it is one of those shows where the week to week mystery and discussion I have with people who are talking about it uh, is the highlight of my week. It is my favorite show for sure on TV right now, and those discussions for like for a show to come out and and have those type of deep crazy conversations week to week is so rare it's like lost true detective game of thrones to an extent you know like what the hell is gonna happen um and i just love that i love the yeah. week to week of the night of yeah sold yeah this this yeah. was something we're halfway through there's been four episodes there's four more yeah it's only eight episodes eight episodes total during during game of thrones they were showing ads for this and yeah I was like, this looks fantastic there's something this, this has like a gravitas to yeah. it that uh seems really engaging yeah and the, but then I forgot about it because I just yeah. for whatever reason yeah. I went came out maybe at a bad time. Following following yeah. up the end of Game of Thrones, people was just like everyone yeah. like say there's a show hole, but like when you're done with Game of Thrones, like you just want like a breather. Yeah, it's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We, I want like a it's month true. or two before mm -hmm. I jump into like the next totally. like intense thing. Yeah. Um, you did like all this discussion though made me excited that they confirmed that they're doing a making a making a murderer season two confirmed. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. If you watch making a because making a murderer <laughs> took off the yeah. documentary on Netflix. Mm -hmm. 
And I cannot help but think of making a murderer when I'm watching the night of. Like making it, a murderer. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it's like it's been, true detective. It's been turned into like a fictionalized, you know, drama. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's pretty good. So great show. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. I'm Doctor Steve Bro. <laughs> Uh, before we Dr. Steve Brawl is a legend. Dr. Yes, Steve Brawl. Yeah, Steve Brawl. <laughs> Just pure humor. Yes. Like, um, People say I don't like comedy, but that you like is a masterpiece. You just like good comedy. Yeah, that's the difference. That is a What's the part where he lays down with the microphone on the Every time the, the intro, yeah, he's in the hospital and he like lays down with the microphone. <laughs> into his legs. He even laughs every day. Um... Before we move on, I have a quick question for you. How do you feel about Mountain Dew Code Red? Uh, I prefer it over regular Mountain Dew. I do too. Like, if I'm getting a Mountain Dew, I'm getting Code Red. Brad, if I'm getting Mountain Dew, I'm getting Baja Blast. Gives me that. Baja Blast. Oh, Baja Blast. Okay, Baja Blast is the best. Yeah. It's a little more rare, I feel like. Totally. Like, yeah. Code Red, easy find. I want to yeah. throw it out in the gauntlet right now. Yeah, uh, every time that. I bring a Baja Blast, <laughs> a, but a wave of people, I don't know where they come from, uh, <laughs> they say Pitch Black is top tier. And I hadn't had Pitch Black... And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check this out. Baja Blast is pretty sacred, but I will check out Pitch Black. Pitch Black is like whatever. It's like that grape flavor or something like It's like a nasty cough syrup grape flavor. Yeah, no, 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 Anyway, sorry for that random outburst. No, I love that. Uh, Bradley Ellis, what have you been playing? Uh, obviously, still playing Overwatch. I've been playing Overwatch played, too. I played with you. You did a little bit. Nice. Let's have a conversation about Overwatch. Okay, talk to me. Talk to me, Ben. So, getting reacquainted with Overwatch, I love that game so much because, honestly, every character I have a good time playing. Mm-hmm. I really was worried that I was find my groove with one or two characters and just get stuck there. There are moments where I have to play support and I, or I have to play a tank or something, and I always feel like I can do so much. Even as Mercy, like you can get good with that pistol yeah. and deal a lot of damage. And uh, I also love that nothing feels, and people are going to disagree with me on this, everything has a severe weakness. You know, I don't feel like I'm good in all situations all the time and so that yeah you're like, not i really have to think going into a match right what map am i on what are they pick playing you as? Think about your team as? synergy and everything like that yeah and it's it's so cool that i, I think it's kind of made in some ways like i was playing call of duty last night mm-hmm. other shoes are a little bit which call of duty called blue black ops 3 i was playing and Whoa. i was having i was having a really good time on ps4 uh yeah i was playing on ps4 well thanks for calling me bro you're welcome uh <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, you, you played Street Fighter without me. That's true, I did. All right. Oh, yeah. shit. All right. We're even. Uh, they're totally different games. It's not really fair comparing them, but in, in Call of Duty, I feel like I just sort of pick the gun that I'm comfortable with and, and go. Use it forever. Yeah, use it forever yeah. Um, in all situations. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, and I'm certainly not a pro. I'm sure it changes the, the better you get at the game. But, yeah, I just I love that layer of strategy. However, in Overwatch, Brad... Uh, and I realize I'm monopolizing your time to talk about games. And I no, man. People have heard enough out of me about it. But <laughs> in Overwatch, when I solo queue, mm-hmm. it's so frustrating because that is a game where you need... Like, Are you doing quick play? I'm doing quick play. There you go. Yeah. Well, No I'm not, one cares. Yeah. No one cares. And, no one cares. You know, it is quick play. It is casual. I understand that. But I want to do well or at least want yeah, to yeah, try. Sure. Um, I don't mind losing if I feel like, you know, our team really gave it a good effort, but a lot of because like the way abilities are designed in that game, they're designed for you to work together with people. 
And yeah. if you're not doing that, I feel like you're not really playing the yeah, game. Yeah, you see like a dude just do a Zarya combo and no one can do anything off it. Or yeah. He, he doesn't do anything. You're just like, man, come on, dude. Yeah. It's... Like, you, I like, okay. For example, I would play like, if I'm Genji, you're saying I have my ult. I'll like spam like ult ready, ult ready. If I see they have an ult too, mm-hmm. so I'm waiting for them to do their ult so I could do mine and we could like it'll have like way more synergy, be way more effective. But then they just piss it away and don't do anything with it. Like if some Lucio just drops the beat out of nowhere, I'm just like, come on, dude, kidding me? Yeah. Or you see a uh, an Ana like ult, like a Lucio for example. Yeah. Like that's no, don't do that. But it's quick play most of the time. You know, Reinhardt is one of the greatest characters I've ever is played as he's in incredible. any game. Yeah, he's awesome. I love him so much, guys. But uh, here's a complaint. And I want you guys oh, to defend boy. it on the spot. Yeah. Uh, this is some ignorance talking. Again, I haven't even played competitive in the game. Let's uh, competitive mode. Um, 93% of matches end with a final push of a team going in together using their alts. And I feel yeah, like every match because... kind of builds to that one final moment. Like, everyone is kind of warming up until the last 30 seconds. And it's like, yeah, everyone together, boom, boom, all, 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 all. Yeah, because it's the end of the game. <laughs> everyone was, like, dicking around most of the time. Then they're like, oh, shit, we're out of time. We got to really actually play hard if we want to get through that. Mm-hmm. That's not the game's fault. That's just people. Cool. Uh, I, I've definitely fallen into ruts where games feel similar but i think it comes back to that sort of lack of coordination because when i'm yeah. playing with people that i know yeah, and i'm totally. I, like i'm playing with a group of five of the six people total and I, we're playing against a group of six people that know each other really well the the tempo of the game completely changes totally, where totally. like they'll have a strategy of no we're gonna get in immediately use some cheese strategy to rush and capture the point super super quickly so mm-hmm. there's not even a chance to have that mm-hmm. sort of final push um but also i think when you're coordinating with people better you can actually bait alts in really cool oh, ways. Oh, yeah. And there's sort of almost like a fighting game. There's almost sort of this this mental brawl that you get into where you try to guess what they're going to do when, and your response to that term determines whether you live mm-hmm. or die. And that's that's like a whole other layer of the game mm-hmm. that's really rad. Uh, Bradley, I thought it was interesting. We uh, had the Ben and I had the pleasure of talking to Nick Plessis about Overwatch mm-hmm. the other day. Mm-hmm. He plays on PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... You know, we were talking about the different balances of, of the console and the PC versions, yeah. how, like, Torborn was yeah. an and whatnot. Uh, he says on PS4, no one snipes. Sniping hmm. is not a thing. And I'm thinking of well, the it's game... Well, because Widowmaker is not necessarily in the meta right now. Mm-hmm. I just, know, thought, I, I, I just think that's such an interesting thing when, like, you have two ecosystems of a game that play, like, so differently, depending if you're playing on console or PC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that kind of strikes me as weird that there's still, unless I'm being ignorant here, there, there is no, they still haven't added crossplay like PS4 players can. No, play no PC. you get destroyed Jeez. if you play PC people. No, I, I, I know, but like you could still use a mouse and keyboard on your PS4. Yeah, I'm just saying, but like, I, I bet 90% of people wouldn't anyways. Then you get people complaining. Yeah, like I'm sure they thought of that. Why Wait, wouldn't you if it would work I, well? You can use a mouse and keyboard for Overwatch on PS4. I don't know. I don't know if it'll... You can use it on Final Fantasy XIV. Okay, yeah. I mean, if it works on... And it's discussed Overwatch. the PS4... Time to go, uh, <laughs> time to, go to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah clean up. It wouldn't... I, I don't maybe know. The game, maybe to... the game restricts it. I don't know. It could be, like... The, the system some, supports it. If some people could use... I bet you can't... I don't know. The, correct us if we're wrong, but... That's so uh, weird. If you could use a mouse and keyboard on PS4, that would create the same problem as crossplay. So yeah. So that wouldn't make any sense. That's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. That's... There's probably no way. There's no way. 
Yeah. There's no way. This is no weird way. to me segmenting your your. I get why they're doing it, but at the same time, it's just weird. Like, does the community ever complain at all? Is there any like no? There's, there's no always, backlash at all. There's always an underlying right. demand for that. You know, I've heard maybe. You always have that one, one guy in the internet forum. Million, mm-hmm. Say, could I play with? Like you just uh, use like the queuing up. Maybe they could have a filter saying like you know, like console only or something like that. If you really wanted, like I don't want to play against people with a mouse and keyboard. I want to get obliterated. Then here, here's in casual mode. You know, I quick play. Th- I think like, if they do that, they'll have to deal with Sony and Microsoft more about everything they do. So yeah. like, if it was crossplay, like for example, stuff comes out on PC usually first, then consoles because they don't have to go through Sony or Microsoft like that. And if they did that, they'd probably have to delay everything across the board. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I get for why a shooter it makes sense to, to you know have that like segregation. Yeah, I mean, for Final Fantasy, it makes for sense. any yeah any yeah, MMO, yeah, it makes sense to like not you know segment your your audience. So yeah, of course, uh, I got it. Quake Three Arena on the Dreamcast. You could use a mouse and keyboard and play online against people that were using controllers. Oh, and it was hilarious. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, is you're playing with so the Dreamcast controller anyway, which doesn't have two sticks, yeah. right? Oh my god. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was a mess. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the update they did recently. The yeah. Summer Games update. See, the Olympics take place in that universe now, in uh, Rio. So they added like a bunch of new skins, a bunch of new everything for everybody. They added a, a weekly brawl this week called Lucio Ball. Which is pretty much Rocket League. Yeah. But you're Lucio, you're skating around. Um, it's three on three, you're skating around. All Lucios? Sh- yeah. And you're shooting the ball into the net, and there's like things you can jump off and get air. But I have a complaint with... Because a lot of these items, you can only get for a loot box. So like, if you have gold, yes. you cannot get the items with your gold. Which you usually oh, can for nice. everything else. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like an awesome Olympic skin I want for a character. Yeah, can't get it Ten unless bucks? I do. No, no, no. Unless I get in a loot box, no matter what. Oh, it's I in have, a loot box. I can only get it that way. I cannot use the okay. in-game currency to get what she can with okay. everything else. Okay. So yeah, I read something about that that like people are complaining because people want to collect any, everything yeah, yeah, in the it's game. Like, I want this. Say like it, it's just might not be possible because it's a timed event that they might not be able to get everything. I saw Blizzard's response to that that that's not point like you're not supposed or i don't know if i'm getting it right but they basically said like listen like you don't need to get everything like and we might bring the event back next year you know we might extend it like that's like they, they were like chill out for a bit like you know we're gonna we're, we're looking is, at the, we're like, that's we're, really bad planning on their part that's a really bad excuse I mean, do, you, do you feel the same way if they if they're like we're definitely gonna bring it back next year and you have another shot but it's like it's for the olympic games going on right now sure you get a week oh you get one Box? No. no okay. Every time you level up, instead of this normal loot box, you get the Summer Games loot box. And right now, right now. So I can't get normal skins right now if I level up. No, you can. No, you can. It's... But there's a chance that it's in there. Correct. This, okay, I get you it. Can't I use it. any any Aren't other you... means like no in-game currency. So if you've yeah. saved up a lot, yeah. you can't use that to try and like, get I more. Have, yeah, I have money. That I can usually buy stuff with, but I can't buy. Are, yeah, are you getting double loot boxes when you level up now? You no, get a no, summer no. one and a regular. Just no. a summer one, just one. So well, like, you can, and then you can buy regular loot boxes with coins right now too. You cannot buy loot boxes with coins. You could buy regular items that come in loot oh, boxes. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay. But the Man, Olympic game items you can only okay. get. From yeah, these boxes. I was trying to think about this like analogous to like seasonal events and other like online games where 
I'm trying to remember, like, any of I played, like, they all make it pretty reasonable to get everything within the time frame the event goes on. Like, they want you to experience it. They want you to get everything. Usually the stuff everyone can't get is, dude, like, always going to be there. Like, rare mount drops or rare item drops and stuff like that. To make it part of a seasonal event, mm-hmm. like, you telling you up front, like, you might not get everything. It's kind of like, it's supposed to, and, like, they're saying it's supposed to be fun. I'm like, well, that... To me, seasonal event is fun when you don't have to stress out about it. Yeah. You just like go and have fun and play. Oh, it was it's nice like cool. let me use the gold yeah. that I can usually buy stuff with. Let me be able to buy that if I want to. What yeah. if this is the only thing I want? Like if some poor guy is gonna spend fifty dollars trying to get an item and he won't get it. Like yeah, like no matter how much time you put in, no matter uh, because you can't spend anything, no matter how much time you put into this event, if you play twenty four seven somehow, you might not get yeah. the thing you want. There's a chance it's, it's you RNG. Can not get it. And it's like, wow, sure. Blizzard, that's kind of shitty. Yeah, everything else in the game for some reason, but just this one event for some reason, yeah. you can't do it, and I don't understand why. I don't get it. They're trying the fact to that it's random is... Yeah, I don't get why they're doing and it. Is that it just comes down to luck. Yeah, yeah, and that, it is, yeah, and yeah. Blizzard said, like, yo, exclusivity, like, that's, like, that's why it's so special, is because not everyone will get it. That's, like, what makes it, like, you know, desire. And I was like, that doesn't... I don't know. I was like, that, that makes... That works it's when like, it's not I in a seasonal that. event. <laughs> I, I'm because I feel like more and more games are adapting it. I'm really getting sick of open a thing. What do you get? Sort of loot. I, I, I want you get to this level. You get this thing. You earned it. End of story. Yeah, you need to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You need to like see that, the light at the end of the tunnel. On an online service game, I don't care if it's free to play or not. You're gonna drive your player base insane if you don't show the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, there have been several things, like, I'm, I'm, I'm briefly talking about 14, because it's the only one I've experienced. There have been some things in 14 that, like, player fan base got annoyed, that, like, this is too RNG heavy for this thing I've been working at for, like, whatever amount of time. Could you do so? And, like, they listened, and one of them was a certain type of mount that you had to, like, uh, it just dropped at a really low percent. They added tokens to the fight and said, like, okay, you put your money where your mouth is. If you get 99 of these fucking tokens, it's going to take you, like, weeks you can trade those in to get the damn thing. Yeah. Like, well, if you put your money in your mouth is and put the time in, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for you. So that balancing act of how much do you have to really play to get it is, you know, it could go the other way. But it was nice. They understood the core argument that, like, RNG is going to always be there, but there needs to be some means to either to counter it, it yeah. or that there's going to be, sorry, say it again, the light at the end of the tunnel that... I'm working towards it one way or another. I'm going to get it someday. Yeah. Like, if they wanted to make it special or really special for this event, like, really limited, it, like, make this skin cost way more gold than a normal one or something like that. Yeah. Like, they cost 1000 for a legendary. Like, make it cost, uh, like, 5000 if you want it. Brad, I totally agree with you because their, their argument against this is, you know, we want things to feel special. We want things to feel limited. And I think you can make it extremely challenging to get. Yeah. But if you, and if you do that... It will still feel special. It'll still feel limited. You'll still yeah. feel like part of a club. Exactly. Uh, the, yeah. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think random. Yeah. Is the answer. Yeah. yeah. I bet RHE loves this event. We see how exclusive. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I got so about the exclusivity part. Ben will love this example. Like right now, Ben can't get a dragon slime hat in fourteen because no. he I missed the event. Yeah. If you miss the event, you can't get it. That's the thing. Like. Well, I, I like, too, that World of Warcraft it. does with the um, charities and stuff. Like, you can buy a skin or a mount, and the money... Yeah, TFT used to All do that. the money uh, goes to, like, Red Cross or something. Like, I love mm-hmm. it. That's very nice. Because those feel really exclusive also, because mm-hmm. it's a limited time, and it's real money. But, one, the money goes to a great cause, and two, yeah, if you want it enough, you can just buy that. it. 
Whereas yeah. this just comes down to pure luck. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, other game I've been playing. Getting caught up. World of Warcraft. Oh, God. The pre-patch oh God. came out. <laughs> getting caught up to dive into Legion. Uh, people have been extremely excited about this this pre-patch mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and positive on it in a way that people have not been positive on World of Warcraft for a while. Why is that, Bradley Ellis? It's changed a lot. A lot of the game has changed. I would say... I mean, I'm not an expert on it yet or anything, but I'd say they trimmed a lot of fat on some of the classes. Like, they took out, like, a lot of skills. They changed all three specs now, but you could respect anytime you're in a rested area. Mm. It doesn't cost any gold. So you have, nice. you can experiment and try out new things while you're doing You could, like, switch, like, in, out in the world, you could switch your spec. Do you, do you feel like the various specs are now all more viable? Uh, kind of. I've before. only really dabbled with Rogue. Okay. So I'm still tampering. Like, I would say it's harder for me to figure out which spec is more viable on like a class that only does DPS. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out what it does best in like certain areas like that. So I've been toying around with things like that. But I won't like. It's hard to tell for sure until you're at the expansion zone. You're at the max level because there's like PVP talents now that you only use in PVP that I can't use that. You have to be 110. And I haven't been able to mess around with any of them and stuff like that. Gotcha. But they got the new Transmortify system. So pretty much how it works is old trans was you get an item and you could change your gear to look like that, but you have to keep the item. Mm-hmm. Now you if you get the item and it's added to like your transmortifying like I forgot what it's sort of like a closet or something like that. So your transmorph it's box saved to your forever. account worldwide. Yeah. So I have to for all your characters. I don't have to keep oh, all this trash anymore. Correct. Just oh, oh. Yeah. Correct. That's pretty good. It's really clean and yeah. nice. That and it tells awesome. you where to get each okay. item too, oh, and like where awesome. it drops. Oh, so they put it. Uh, okay, that's so great. like yeah. obviously I go to axes. There's 16 pages of axes. I'm like, all right, which one? Which one? Yeah. And it's like, oh, this one. This one drops here. I'm nice. I'm there. I'm going. I, I can just envision your character in WoW. Like, you know how most people have a closet full of shirts and, like, pants and stuff? <laughs> just, you open it, it's just axes. <laughs> yeah, axes. I still <laughs> use the, like, PvP axe from, like, so long ago. It was, like, Cataclysm, maybe? Okay. I love that one. I'll, like, never change. Uh, but, axe. yeah. i just been dabbling around, trying to get, like, my bearings refreshed. Because I was playing... We play 14 every now and then for stuff at work. So I'm hopping back in a while and just kind of, like, trying to refresh everything. Like, relearning the game, I suppose. Because we've been away for quite a long time two years now probably so i i did like the tenan jungle stuff i like mm-hmm. went there and just messed around with all the dailies and everything like that it just seemed like like you were saying they trimmed the fat like when i did my warrior spec i had like six yeah. or seven moves as yeah. opposed to like 12 but there's gonna be like 10 more levels i don't know what you're gonna yeah. learn doing that if you do or anything like that then the pvp yeah. free and all that oh yeah they changed pvp so everyone's gear is like the same yeah everybody Ooh. is the same like same playing field man yeah so I'm very curious. I've been like messing with it. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how that works out. Fully skill based. Okay. You know, there's the talents that's, like you were saying. Yeah. So you can like, tweak talents it's and stuff. It's like 14's yeah. PvP. Pretty crazy. doesn't make the difference. And then they're gonna have some huge invasion, Burning yeah. Legion invasion, each week. Was it? Does that start Tuesday? Because th- the Demon Hunter comes out Tuesday. Demon it comes Tuesday? Out early. I think the event is like Thursday or Friday. Okay. Um, but it's a world event, uh, similar to. Are they, were they Fates? Fates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar yeah. to Fates, you go there, you see the progress meter, like everyone's oh, attacking okay. it, That's and cool. then you can earn like mounts and gear and sets, nice. and it gets progressively more intense mm. leading up until the launch of Legion. So, they said they've been working on it for over a year and compared it to Warcraft 4. 
in an interview. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> they're they're not saying it's Warcraft <laughs> RTS, but they said there's RTS light elements, um, and oh that it is very God. reminiscent of Warcraft like RTS I style with like armies and stuff. Probably a little yeah, hyperbolic, but they said they've been working on it for over a year, which yeah, uh, blows my mind. Nice. Like just that event, not Legion. They're like, yo, just this event we've been working on for over a year. Uh, well, they have been doing something because nothing's yeah. been happening in that game yeah. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you actually made me think of another question, but real quick, uh, hype check on StarCraft HD. No. Oh, no. Okay. Sorry, what? that was yeah. random. Sorry, did you hear about this? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> the rumor. Rumor that StarCraft HD is coming out. That's amazing. What? That's yes. amazing news. From Blizzard, oh, just visual. Uh, a visual upgrade the plays exactly the same. They've been. They've there's been, like some event coming up in a couple weeks that they said they might release information about it, and then more at BlizzCon. There's rumors for Warcraft Three because also. Because I, I love the original StarCraft story so much, so yeah. to see that get yeah. a modern treatment. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, that would rumors be right now. Rumors, rumors come back. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Ben. I cut you check. check your head. Not on StarCraft HD, but thank <laughs> you for bringing that up. Uh, Demon Hunter, mm-hmm. are you guys excited for that? Oh uh, yeah, I played a little bit at BlizzCon. It seemed cool. It seemed like a, a mix between Rogue and Monk. I'm always like, there's a new class. I'm, of course, going to try it out sure. and see how it is. For me, I could never dream of having an alt character. Yeah, you know? I can barely. Life, yeah, I can, that's it. I can barely, like... By the time I get max gear with my warrior, like, everyone's gone, I'm gone, a new game is out. <laughs> like, you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're gone as you're doing. Yeah. Your peak of WoW and yeah. multiple characters died in vanilla. Yeah. Like, I get my epic item and like complete the set and then log out never to return yeah he's <laughs> done like, yeah, yeah that's how he plays yeah. uh the journey there's fun yeah you, you were talking about how they were working on this for over a year um so boy the content drought post world of Genoa was just miserable so bad just absolutely miserable that game was was stale and boring and and lifeless in a way yeah. Like, there have been many content droughts in World of Warcraft, but I feel like this one Draenor was, like, the biggest. so yeah. hard. They yeah. knew it, too. They, I was reading a bunch of interviews about it, and, like, this is it, man. This is the do-or-die moment for WoW. I know we've been kind of saying that for a while with each yeah. expansion, but they've never been so up against the wall yeah. than right now, this moment. Like, if Legion comes out and flops... Like maybe they'll change their plans, and the next expansion will be the end. Who knows? But like they're in a they're in a situation right now. Yeah. So my question is to you: Do you think we'll go through the cycle again, where this this expansion will come out, it'll be awesome, everybody's happy, and then three months go by, and then boom, plummet again? I hope not. I think always. Um, you know, we have to rem- we have to remember this game's over ten years old. Yeah. Sure. So it's that's yeah, it's, de- it's glory days are long gone. Yeah. Um. But I think to be successful, they just need to have, you know, not the record numbers that they had for so many years. But, they, still, uh, like, they still have, like, a high yeah, they still Like, any game would kill to have, like, how many yeah. people they have playing. But, yeah, from where it was, yeah, it's quite a dip. Damiani, as, uh, yeah. as an adamant 14 player, how, how do you feel about Legion? How do you feel about the way Blizzard is handling the MMO? Are there people that you play 14 with that are talking about Legion? So I, I don't know. I'm gonna assume Blizzard does study the the release content release schedule of other MMOs, including 14. Since I'm pretty sure 14 is like right behind, like not close to, but is the next biggest MMO yeah, behind totally, WoW. Yeah, totally. They have targeted this to come out at like a good time where 14 is kind of in a, in a lull of content right now. Like the next content patch is not coming out till probably like 
end of September, October ish. Okay. So it's kind of been like they they did release like the the stuff that we're doing right now for our show. Yeah. Like that like their mid content patches, but it's kind of like winding down right now into the part where like either people are trying to just do their catch up, but most of the people have done everything. And there are a few people that I've seen that like just decided to unsubscribe and are jumping back into WoW just to play Legion. We'll probably come back to fourteen yeah, in yeah. a few like once uh, patch three point four for fourteen hits later this year. They'll probably come back because they'll probably have their fill of you know Legion unless Legion just like sucks them in again. They just never heard of again and just vanish into WoW for like whatever. But um, yeah, it's getting talked about. Um, there are still a lot of people in fourteen who played WoW who are just like God. WoW's just gone to hell. Like mm-hmm. last one was trash. Last expansion yeah. was trash. Like. You know, they just are jaded as hell about like wow for whatever reason. Length, it's so how long, old, how old yeah, it's been, it's like so blah, blah blah blah, all that stuff. Um, so, you want to say something? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, last night I got on. Tw- I was really tired, but I got on Twitch and I was like looking at all the top channels, and I was like, oh wow, this RuneScape channel is like really high up here. It was wow. <laughs> 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 like, it was a tiny thumbnail, and I'm like, oh man. There are parts of WoW that look really old. Oh, yeah. But the uh, patch is coming with new graphics, right? I think so. I think yeah, it, it's, getting, it's, getting a, it's getting a face. Like the newer zones will probably look better than the old ones. It's getting a shot of Botox. They do that with like, every expansion, I feel like. Yeah. You know. besides, besides the graphics, the one thing I do hear people talk about with WoW is the, the drought. You, you just mentioned this content drought. Where for whatever reason, fourteen, they decided to go with every three to four months, you get a a content update that people said is like close to what uh, like almost half of what a WoW expansion gets each time is how much like a content patch in fourteen has. Can you give me an example of like what you get? So let's go back to okay. So let's go back to the beginning. This is probably the easiest thing. So like when uh, when two when a Realm Reborn came, came out, out yeah. its first content patch. It came, uh, came out in December, and the game released in, I think, August, August end of yeah. August. So that added in, three, added in like, three new dungeons, added in the Extreme Primal difficulty. Um, it added in uh, the first 24-person raid, okay, uh, yeah. La- 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 Labyrinth of the Ancients. Um, they always, each content patch usually introduces, uh, each even one introduces, all content patches introduce one new Primal fight. Um, they usually add in one new side activity, like uh, um, Palace of the Dead was an example when that came midway through, but they've added like the, the Diadem, which is like the Jurassic Park Island thing where you go around and kill dinosaurs and cool. like for loot and stuff like Whoa. that. Um, every every other patch brings in like the new installment of the 24 person, like the one that you saw that has like Ozma from, mm-hmm. you know, you know the throwback boss battle. It's, so consistently adding... They're adding in multiple dungeons, yeah. m- of at least one to two sort of raid thing not highest end raids but raid like content quality of life like yeah. adjustments all over the place and single player P- story they always add a new just, pvp match map to one of the different modes those pvp pvp sucks in that game i hate though, <laughs> it's bad i just respect that loot in 14 still seems meaningful and hard to obtain whereas ever since world of warcraft added things like dungeon finder and raid finder it's like kind of handing it to you yeah and it kind of diluted does it 14 have that though so 14 has has a has duty finder let's uh, uh, 
Basically, a lot of people in 14 who played 11. I don't know if this was like old WoW used to be like this, but people who played 11 back in the day complained. 11 to, was always to, more hardcore. To form me. parties, you yeah. had to be social. You had to like talk yeah, to yeah, people. Can people, can people complain now that we're from back in the day, like 14 kills the social aspect. Like You don't have to talk to people yeah. when you do a dungeon. You don't have to do any of the social engagement. I'm like, it's still there. and People still definitely use it, but they're like, they made it more that you can get through just the main scenario stuff by yourself without having like you, you can pair up with people but you don't need to interact with but the them. high level stuff is super hard oh, to yeah, get, right? you can you have to interact with the high yeah. level stuff you mentioned whereas in world of warcraft like the high level stuff is just like more numbers for the same thing you can get in a regular raid finder and dungeon finder i think, th I think there's items though. that's that's not true yeah. like heroic like a regular dungeon a heroic yeah. dungeon you just get a, the same say axe but with higher numbers but there's mythic now and you get different stuff in there like you only get Are you talking about like you just get I'm talking about have the visual stats. I'm talking about the visual aesthetic so it doesn't change yeah so in no, four, I think, no so, I think it changes or like, it's very minor that's a problem in 14 right now the the highest level gear from raid stuff all, like what it is they this add to you the ability there's a there's the story mode version of the raid which almost everyone can beat and the gear from that looks exactly the same as the savage mode raid right mm, now. See, but the difference that. is you can dye the savage mode so you can change the color of oh, it. Oh, I see. And people are like, no, like give us something unique. How it was yeah. before back in Realm Reborn, there was no story version of the of the, the raid stuff, which people bitched about because the raid was so integral to the main story. It was like the fight with Bahamut. It was like the end game. It was like, this is the end of the story, man. Like no, majority of people aren't even experiencing this shit. That's why they added story mode. You could only get that looking gear from that raid. And it was like some like especially the the second set of the tier that was called High Allegan. Looked at this Roman Legionnaire stuff. It looked amazing. Like you could only get it from that. And I was like, that was a good reward. Now people bitch that like oh, the rewards is higher like stats and stuff. All it means is like we're gonna clear the raid faster next week. That's really all, or we can clear a turn next time. But people put more emphasis in on the glamour. The you call it a. Or the trans more yeah. yeah that stuff are titles like unique titles you get because you cleared something you get that cool title by your name like people are clamoring more for that type of stuff I, and I don't know if WoW yeah WoW has yeah. like certain things if you like let's say you get all the achievements in a dungeon on a certain mode you'll get like a mount you can only okay. get that way or something they, like that for, yeah 14 starting to do more of that like achievements unlock mounts if you do X amount of this and it's, it's like the new bragging rights and stuff like that. Yeah. But everything looking too similar, and I don't know if you're correct about that, that was becoming a problem. Like people I think it was like that, that when I played with Draenor. Probably like, at the beginning, probably, yeah. It just seemed like I was going through a phase in WoW where the, you know, especially with PvP, where the Master Gear, or the, what was it, 310, or what was the max? I don't remember. I don't remember it looked know. just a, like a different color. Like it was yeah. black instead of red or something, and it's like... Yeah, I always hate like just color reskins Yeah, usually. like, come For on. Sure. Like, they could at least add like a different feature to the same set yeah. to make it look a little different. Yeah. Bradley Ellis. Besides Blizzard games... Nothing. Nothing, nothing. 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 We're done here. Right. Is, there, is there any other uh, MMO passionate arguments that we'd like to get into before we move on? Make me care about loot. Sure. Meaningful Meaningful loot. loot. Oh, uh, I want to play Star Fox Zero. I do too. I've been thinking about Star Fox yet. Zero lately. But <laughs> everyone tells me it's not good. Yeah. I, you can borrow my copy. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so I'm going to do something a little bit different. I uh, also have a movie to talk about that, oh. I, that I hinted at earlier. Uh, Batman The Killing Joke. 
Oh, oh God, here we go. Did you see it, Huber? Yeah, I was. Oh, God, here we go. Uh, so you can actually have a conversation with me about this. Yeah, so my experience with Batman, I, I know I'm not as fanatical as Brandon or, or Huber, but Batman is my favorite superhero. And when I was a kid, you know, I was just kind of into the idea of a giant man throwing batarangs and punching dudes. Like, I appreciated it on a very superficial level. But then I read The Killing Joke, and it fascinated me with the characters of the joke of Joker and Batman and said it showed me like oh no there's more to this this story and there's more to these characters and it was just such an amazing thing like it, it lit my imagination on fire it was it got me into comic books in a way that I had never been before and Alan Moore is a genius genius I love that man um, and so I have a lot of respect and love for that particular comic um, and the killing joke Thinking about what it could have been and what it is is a huge bummer. And I think the worst part about it is sort of the prologue that they graft onto the yes. story. And yeah. I, boy, do I really mean graft because yeah. it, it centers around Barbara Gordon. And what the prologue tries to do is humanize her. Um, to make you care about her. To so make, well yeah, good. and to, to kind of make her a more integral part of the story rather than just sort of motivation for the male characters. And that's, that's all well and good, but the way that they do it feels so forced and awkward and illogical. Like, there are things that a lot of the characters do that don't make any sense, but, but specifically Barbara, and I'm not going to spoil anything, there are moments where you're like, you would, you would never do this. this, this like, it throws you so far out of the story uh, that you just can't get back in. Uh, and it was really, really, really jarring to me. Do you agree with that? 100%. Uh, it felt, it felt so weird, man, mm -hmm. and it felt forced. They couldn't and it find made a me, tone for it either. Yeah, it made me uncomfortable. And like, <laughs> again, I'm totally open with, I'm totally open with any interpretation of the Batman lore. That's fine. Yeah. But when you say you're the killing, like you are the killing joke, you're right. adapting this graphic novel, and now you try to spin it into something it's not. Um, and. Who wrote this new part again? Like someone was telling me, it's like it was someone who's like controversial. That they, I forget his name. That they're just like they got what they paid for. So like this mm. guy is just known for being controversial and doing crazy stuff. Some of it not good, and that's what they got when they bought this script for having this added fluff crap at the beginning. And it sucks too because two of the best graphic novels have already been adapted into the animated yeah. movies: Year One mm, and Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Returns. Returns. So I haven't seen either of those animations. Are They're they? phenomenal. Okay. Dark they Night are Returns so is better. Dark Knight Returns, yeah. it's two parts. Mm -hmm. You can watch it. It's like if you watch both parts, it's like two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah. Because again, the Dark Knight Returns comic is yeah, like that, dude. It's another one that I'd be hesitant to see in animated form. Yeah, and oh, they do good. it. They it's do really it complete good. justice. Yeah. Uh, and the same with Year One. Year One's really good. Too. They don't like force anything else in, and, and it's the reason was that The Killing Joke is sh a shorter book. The I got no yeah. problem making a forty-minute movie. Yeah, that was my thing. There's when no I walked problem. Out of there I was like, I just told my friend, I was like, why? Who cares if it needs like they want yeah. ninety minutes? Like I don't give a crap if it's gonna be no. forty five or fifty minutes. I like, can watch one twenty minute quality. of yeah. a twenty minute episode of Batman animated series yeah. and be like I just had a had a feast. And they're worried about the presentation, <laughs> yeah. man. They had that amazing Mark Hamill interview. I went to mm -hmm. see it in theaters at the Fathom event. Nice. They did this amazing Mark Hamill interview that lasted like two almost twenty minutes. I was like, This is a this is an amazing talking about his like roles of Joker and stuff, like the history of it. I was like awesome like great. He's in. There you go, I got my money's worth. I got like, I could have had a forty five minute 
the adaptation of the Killing Joke, a twenty minute interview of Mark Hamill that was yeah. like worth the money. Yeah. Uh, quick thing. It, it just became overcast outside, yeah. and so it like changed the lighting Ooh. in this room. Yeah, I was like, what happened? So, uh, so my, my if you're watching the video, yeah. it might look a little bit different. It's getting ominous, talking about Killing yeah, Joke. Like, like, uh, poor adaptation. Okay. It's oh, sunny again. again. You, so as I was watching The Killing Joke, and there, there are redeeming qualities. I mean, it's still the story of The, story of the Killing Joke, so that's still good in, in its essence. Um, and Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, man. Of course. Like, definitive, definitive. for me. Uh, now, oh, Sorry to hijack you. It's okay. Last little thing. Hijack me, baby. Last little thing. I'm not attacking you, Troy Baker, but Ooh. Troy Baker is Batman in Telltale. <laughs> It'd be like if you went to the movie theater, Ben, mm-hmm. and every other movie you saw had, like, Tom Cruise in it. Every other yeah. movie. It's just, like, get Kevin Conroy. What's the deal? Or get somebody else. He's so good, man. They have, like, a habit of rotating their, their voice actors who do Batman and Joker... Or for like yeah. even for the animated movies, they rotate yeah. who they use for that. Like Troy Baker, man, you're taking me out of the game because every time I'm like, oh Troy Baker. Uh, Sorry. No, you're fine. As I was watching The Killing Joke, it made me realize like, man, Batman is in a weird spot right now in a way that he totally wasn't a few years ago. I mm-hmm. remember, you know, kind of at the height of popularity of the Nolan movies and you know the, the games, the, yeah. the, the Arkham series, it felt like Batman identity was so solidified Mm -hmm. you know and they were doing justice to this decades old character and now so many things i just don't know what the hell is going on ups and downs yeah i mean the good thing is sorry that no i'm just saying like ups and downs there's bound to be like really great moments but it's gonna get oh absolutely, absolutely the good news is is that the comics are going strong where do I, okay, so I'm out of the comic loop. So it just rebooted again. All right, yeah. hit me. What do I need to? What do I? It's need called to read? Batman Rebirth. Where okay. I'm like issue four. I haven't but started. There's two different versions. There's two different Batmans. So usually with comics, there's always like when the New Fifty Two launched Batman, there were a ton. There was Batman, Batman and Robin, Detective Comics, all these lines. I go pure straight Batman. So now they rebooted again because the New Fifty Two like ended or whatever. They have Fifty Two issues. Now it's Batman Rebirth. So, you know, it's maintaining kind of the continuity, but rebooting at the same time, starting from square one, kind of like restarting. Yeah. New uh, new writers on it, new artists. Oh, okay. But um, like that five-year run there, like I haven't finished all of them. I need, still need to read like 15 or so, but I've been collecting since one. Mm-hmm. Over that five years, like some of those stories in there of Batman are the best I've ever read. Wow. And I think when time kind of separates it, you know, when people look back, like some of those are, stories are going to be heralded as like the best stuff Batman's ever done. Court of Owls. Wow. Court of Owls is one of my favorite. Like that was the intro. Like mm-hmm. Ben, honestly start there if you haven't read Court of Owls. It was... I'm going to buy it today. Dude, yeah, there's, there's a volume. I think there's two. The I think first. it's two volumes. The, the Court of the, Owls? The graphic novel Court of Owls. There's I two. think it's two. Yeah, maybe. I think there's two. That's like Barnes and Noble. When New 52 rebooted, that is where it started. It's like its own new story. You will not be disappointed then. Yeah, I read like eight of them. They're very good. Dude, you will not be disappointed. And the I, way... I always get excited <clears throat> when Huber pumps something up, but then when you get like that Brad The Brad, yeah, the, the silver rules. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. knocks it up to another level. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about, and, and some of you are probably going to grow on, Bradley Ellis is going to grow on, but I've been playing... I am... I am Borderlands? 
I've gone whole hog into Pokemon. I am. I've fallen straight off the cliff. I was the same way. I went from so high on it to like, oh my god, okay, I'm totally into this. But I think I'm going to be able to change some hearts and minds. Okay. Okay. Because when I was getting out of Pokemon, it was sort of like confirmation bias. Because I was like, ah, should I play Ruby and Sapphire? I remember thinking that at the time. And everyone was like, no, they're out of ideas. It's just the same thing again. And then every subsequent generation... Uh, I kind of heard the same thing over and over. Is is just like, oh, they're out of ideas. It's too similar. They need to mix it up. They need to be more uh, bold with what they're doing. And so I kind of wrote off the series. Uh, but then I played Pokemon Go and I got me back into it. That's not what we're talking about today. We were talking about Pokemon Omega Ruby. And everything oh, yes. that I thought, my bias against Pokemon was totally wrong. Were those advanced games? Game Boy Advance yes, games? Yes, they were okay. Game Boy Advance games. Um, Pokemon is so wonderful because I feel like there are a zillion different ways that I can approach it, and it's so much fun. And being primarily familiar with Generation 1 and Generation 2, they've expanded it so much, they've changed so much, that I feel like I am truly experiencing Pokemon for the first time again. But this is where I want to sell you. So I want—I do want to get into a little bit of the nitty-gritty of, of the mechanics and all the features and all of that stuff. But what makes Pokemon so wonderful and what Pokemon Go lacks, I mean, it is a mobile game, it's trying to accomplish a different thing, is, is the world. Yeah. The world is so amazing and I fascinating. And World. even if you aren't tryharding it, you're not trying to complete the National Pokedex, you're not trying to go competitive, you're not trying to get perfect EVs or, or <laughs> IVs, what, whatever, that, that, all that nonsense. Even if you're not trying to do any of that, you can just go through this world and there's a sense of mystery and a sense of discovery and a sense of lived-inness that you don't get. I feel like I'm going through like a like a my neighbor Totoro, and what I mean by that, I was gonna say it sounds like you're talking to me like this is a fairy tale for you, right? It now. is. It is a fairy tale for me, and it's the thing is that I think is so hard is you know a lot of times things get praised because they're extremely dark or they're gritty or they're they're brutal in a way that makes you think, but I think it's equally hard to create something that radiates joy through and through and doesn't feel cheap or cheesy or forced oh yeah uh, and that's what pokemon does is it is unabashedly positive but it's it's done in an extremely intelligent way and so i want to tell you a little story that i've experienced in pokemon omega ruby where uh you go into this cave and you fight the the essentially team rocket equivalent team magma in my game or uh team aqua and alpha sapphire wait where's team rocket mm-hmm. I, is that a spoiler they're not, they're in not around anymore why yeah. Well, you're in a different region. You're, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Team Rocket's only one region. I don't know. If, what? Like, I don't know if that's 100 percent true. Like that. I, I, I they're don't. Not, they're I'm not, not a Pokemon lore. I, I, but need, I a, need my Team Rocket. It's a different re- region, and like as you've gone further in the series, I've had different teams. So, so Brad, yeah. Let me jump on that point oh, because man. I was with you. I, like th- taking away that familiarity with Pokemon. Sure. Okay. Really with okay. Me, if you just kind of let it go, and okay. you, you to go for a ride, it's it's all right. Yeah, so anyway, there's this old man, and he's got this bird Pokemon. And you save um, him from from Team Magma or Aqua. And he takes you to this boat. And he's so excited to take you on this boat. And the way that the game presents it is you get on it. And he's, like, commanding the ship. And you're on the side. And you're this, just this little boy. And you've never been in the sea before. And you're going across to a new place. And you're so excited. And the bird Pokemon that you saved is flying overhead. And it's just such a simple, emotional moment. But then it gets even better. You go to this little island where a gym leader is. And this island is, like, sequestered from everybody else, so they're, like, not as up-to-date on things. It's, it's kind of like a small-town vibe, cool. a rural vibe. 
And there's this kid outside this building, and he's like, I'm the coolest kid. I'm so hip. <laughs> this is the hip Kyle thing. Bossman. Sure. He says, this is the hip thing, and you can tell him, no, it's not the hip thing. And he tries to play it off like he knows exactly what you're talking about. So the game actually lets you type in a word. You can, or you can pick from a list of words. Okay. Like, I did, like, powerful zinc is the new hip thing. Just total nonsense. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know about powerful zinc. It's so cool. And then what he does is he goes and he tells everybody else in the town that that is, like, the new hip mm-hmm. thing. And everybody should be up on that. And so you go in, and there are, like, people making T-shirts like that say, like, Powerful Zinc. And they're, like, watching TV, and they're like, I wonder if they're going to talk about Powerful Zinc on television. That's and, funny. you know, it's not something that has a ton of dialogue. It's not like a lot of JRPGs where it's like, all right, got to watch this for a half hour. It's it's It takes a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. but it tells so much, and it lends so much personality and charm. And I'm just blown away by it. Like, there are, there are moments like this happening throughout. Um, and not all of them are so well done but right. it's still it's still awesome let me tell you about my pokemon adventures okay, okay? <laughs> tell me where, where i'm coming from so pokemon out red and blue love 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 red and blue flawless play yeah played a ton yellow comes out i'm like oh sweet yellow pikachu and everything like that kind of start playing i'm like uh i just played this game kind of sure so i'm like, all right i'm gonna take a break come back I take a break for a long time. Diamond. Come back for... I came back for Pearl. I come in this game, and there's just way too many Pokemon now for me to even care about any of it. Sure. It felt like it got too big. Like, it just wouldn't stop growing, and everything gets lost. I I love little moments of Pokemon like that, like exploring, but like... The battles themselves, to me, weren't fun anymore. The battles really kill Pokemon for me. Yeah, they were not so boring. Okay, so the battles kill it because I gonna, love going through the towns yeah. and the grass <laughs> and the woods, yeah. and I love the I world. Know. It's so jolly. Yeah, yeah. And then every time I do the battle, it's just like, okay, A, K, <laughs> let's here's, go, here's my, skip. Here's my argument against that, and you can totally disagree with me, but I, I was the same way too, where it's like, man, you really, like, you just level up your starter, and you're just like, even if what they're using is super you're, effective you're, against you, you you're kill so them. strong yeah. that it just doesn't matter. Totally. But in some ways, I think Pokemon is very similar to Animal Crossing in the sense that you you can't get into that rigid mindset that you can in with a lot of games where it's like, all right, I just want to go through this and I just want to beat it. Done. I think on every level, you just kind of have to chip away at it. And you have to have sort of a level of discipline and a natural curiosity to where you're like, all right, I'm getting sick of this. I'm just going to try something else, even if I'm totally not familiar with it. So with Pokemon battles, the way that I found them interesting is even though they're brain-dead easy going through the story, um, I'm like, competitive Pokemon is so insane that I'm going to use this as like a lesson. So they've mixed up the types and added so much that it's just not like grass is weak to fire. That's still there, but you have a lot of these dual types and all this different stuff where each Pokemon you really have to study and be like, okay, this is weak to that. And so when I see something that I don't recognize, trying to figure out what it's weak against, what it can do, like what its moveset is, like learning that way, even though I'll still breeze through the battle, I feel like I got a piece of information that I could use when I eventually make my jump to competitive. It's like, okay, because of this knowledge that I've gotten in single player, Wait, I'm more jump to, to competitive? Do. What do you mean? Like, at the end of this, I'm gonna tr- so I'm going to try to complete the National Pokedex. I'm going to try to raise a team up to level 100, and I'm going to try to fight online. 
I love this. This is yeah. great. Because I want to experience all facets of it. Sure. You know, I want to see how deep the well goes. I'm pretty surprised you're doing this before Sun and Moon come out. I'm af- I'm afraid about you Here's getting burned out. Here's yeah. why I'm doing it before Sun and Moon comes out. Because it's exactly like Brad, where every time I jump into a new generation, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I think that kind of turns me away. And I just feel so overwhelmed. And so I'm trying to very casually, very slowly erode that. So when I jump into Sun and Moon, it's like, nope, I know so what wait, this is. Let's go. People are playing competitive Sun and Moon right now. No, 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 no people are playing competitive Sun and Moon. No, no. I mean, I mean, Sapphire. Oh, yeah. It's, competitive Pokemon is huge. It For is every huge. version. Um, like, if I want to play I mean, someone in X. Well, you bring your Pokemon up to a certain point. Like, you, you transfer them up, like, where it's possible. And then you either, you either fight... Um, so you transfer them to the newest one, which would be well, X? Some aren't possible. The newest one is Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Omega. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Like, I think if you want to start with, like, your Generation 1, there's only so far you can go down the line before, like, it's cut or they can't go any further. So wait, but you have to go to the remakes to go back and get, and get those types of Pokemon, essentially. I'm, I'm just a little confused. Describe yeah. the, like, multiplayer battle. Like, how does that set up? What do you do? Where do you go? It's what do you play it through? How do so, I battle someone? You, there's... You can do like the super official. This is how they play in the world championship way. But there's there's a bunch of different ways you can play. You can play uh, tri battles, dual battles, one on one battles. You but can I mean, set like certain rules where it's like you can't use legendary Pokemon. Up, you go to like the like what's Pokemon the setup center. process? You go to the Pokemon Center. You go up to the floor with the on or talk to the NPC to initiate it. It saves your game once. Then you go into the lobby area. So it's it, within it, each game. Yeah, yeah, yes. you have to have the game. There's no oh, like okay, okay, aside okay. from there's Pokemon no like Stadium. one place where like. All the different games are battling. Like, say you're playing Sapphire right now. What are you playing? Omega Ruby. You're yeah. playing Omega Ruby. There's no Evo of Pokemon battles or Pokemon fighting. Yeah, is there like what? Evo? There's, There's a World Championship. Yeah, and Kyle okay. went to it. Yeah. That one time. Of course, Kyle Nintendo went to hosted it. it. Oh, they do confused. the card one and they do the game version. I'm sorry. What, what are you confused okay. by? I'm just trying okay, to understand. So you're playing Omega Ruby. Correct. Okay. And when you level up your team within Omega Ruby. There's like a place in the game where you want to multi- battle multiplayer. Yes. Oh, okay. it's like, the same. Okay. Imagine Omega, easy, Ruby. easy, yeah. easy, yeah. easy. Imagine yeah. like same with another X. game where you select the multiplayer option. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Oh, okay. But people. I was thinking the, way too different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that have okay. the newest version of the game that contains that line of Pokemon that they can have on their team. Yeah. And then they go play that game and meet in the like lobbies okay, there. Okay. And okay. Fight okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so people are playing Omega Ruby online right now, like hardcore stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's. Is, it is, are the it is ones before that dead? so complex. Like, like is X dead? Um, I wouldn't say. I don't. I don't know the relative population of each games, but there are definitely people that that still get together to play the older games. Okay. For sure. Got it. Like all that's cool and Got everything. It. Yeah. But Sorry. I don't care about any of that in Pokemon. Like that's awesome that it's like super in depth online battles and everything. But I don't yeah. really care. I just wanted to go through the game and like the story and everything like that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that I think is is great about it is there is Crazy. this really hardcore deep level that you have to put a tremendous amount of work to to even be like somewhat stand a chance and I respect that so much but if you do just want to experience the story and play it super casually you can do that as well now of course the argument is well I just want to play this story but I would also like to be challenged mm-hmm. uh, I I get that I do um, but there's just there's so much like in, in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, which is also true in, in Ruby and Sapphire. There's there's secret bases where you can go, and you can 
have like your own little secret clubhouse and you can put decorations in there and cool. you can have friends come over. Love that you can stuff. you can either make it like super benevolent, like come check out my Pokemon doll collection, or you can set up a bunch of traps yeah. and make it like a total pain in the ass to get through and you yeah. can just troll people. Uh, and you can also set up like custom battle rules yeah. in your secret base. So That's it's like cool. when you come to my base, we're playing this way. Yeah. Um, and then there's Pokemon contests and just there's so much stuff. Um, Omega I, Ruby's 3DS, right? Yeah. Okay. I guess it just boiled down to is I wasn't having fun doing any of like the battling in the game, which mm. is a huge part of it. I just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's still half the game, you know? How, like, just I, like, just playing it, I just wasn't having a lot of fun. I think if you just fundamentally don't enjoy the battle system, uh, I don't have any... I mean, it's like I liked it in the old ones, but I don't know, maybe just at the time of my life, I wasn't into it. Mm. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're coming back for Sun and Moon, me and Hubert. Is that guys, We've dude? been out for years. No, I did, uh, I did okay. X. I've been out bit. for years. I played X, and I played Diamond. I've been out since Pearl. And I played... Ruby? Ruby was the first GBA one. Ruby and Sapphire. Were what was the one on DS? Diamond and Pearl were the first ones. And yeah. then it was Dude, Black I played and like and all of them. Black and You've played all of them? Like, some, a lot of the mainline ones. I played uh, Did you play Red, Black and White 2? I played Red, Ruby, Pokemon 2? Diamond, Did you Gold, play Gold and Silver? Didn't play Gold and Silver. Oh, that's a okay. one. But I mean, not, so not all of them, honestly. But like, yeah. I, I feel like I've kind of... Yeah. And I usually make it like... Six or seven hours in, and then just fall off. You know, that that is the thing. That I love I, those first steps in that world, Ben. And like, I, I hate saying this, but when I first booted up Omega Ruby, and I like up through the second gym, I was like, "This is okay." It really does take a while for them to finally unleash the shackles and give mm-hmm. you everything that you want. There's another new feature in, in uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire that is being uh, expanded upon in Sun and Moon, where you can get on a Pokemon and, like, actually 3D navigate overhead and fly That's and great. soar on That's Pokemon. great. Yeah. And I think... That, Tell me, I feel well, like... Because I, I play, I play remember the other one, when the one where you ride the Pokemon, like Rhyhorn or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the tank controls for it, drove me, like... Execution wasn't the greatest. Sure, the flying was thing was fine, yeah. but some of the other things because they're showing in Sun and Moon, they get to ride more Pokemon and do stuff. Yeah, I do hope they iron out some of the control kinks with it. Sure, but it's a cool idea. It is. Um, I always wanted to play Black and White. I heard it's story focused. Yes, it yes. Is. It's a yes. The ending is yes. like if, if that is like your tears, number one yeah. draw for Pokemon. Tears, Bossman play, always tried to sell that one to me. Black and White one and Black and yeah. White two. Yeah. yeah. Um, but give I, me, I give like, me more pump for Sun yeah. and Moon, Ben. Well, I feel like they're they're doing a better job of creating this Pokemon fantasy, and like it's not just numbers and stuff like that. And I think the things that they're doing, the ways you can interact with Pokemon, like the riding, like the flying. But the other thing that you can do that is new to Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire that I think is so cool, and maybe I'm embellishing a little bit too much here, but it's they're instead of just like running around in grass and randomly getting in battles, which you can still do. Uh, you're, a Pokemon will make a noise, and it will. You'll see its silhouette, and you have to sneak up on it. Nice. And if a trainer catches you, uh, you lose that opportunity. So you got to be like mindful of that. And so you you sort of feel like this hunter in a way that you normally That's don't cool. in Pokemon games, where it's like, Instead oh, of just like I know the sound of that Pokemon, so I know I want to go after so it. So you hear like, like a. A geodude. Yeah, you're like, like a geodude. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's exciting in a way than just like randomly getting that's cool. something. You that's know? cool, yeah. And I it's like, like you have to that's, pay attention to a sound the way better. that you normally don't. Um yeah. and sometimes there'll be a red exclamation mark on your deck snap thing, 
and that's a super rare Pokemon, and so you get really excited about that, and so you're just creeping along trying to get Hold to on, I have an idea. What if they made catching or hunting Pokemon more like Monster Hunter, like tracking a Pokemon? Would you be into that? Only if it was like legendaries. No. That would be cool. I, I hear you, and I, yeah, maybe in that specific yeah. case it would be really cool. The only reason is it would be fun, but if you're the kind of person that's like, all right, I want to catch all of these, I can imagine yeah. it overcomplicating the process to where it becomes more mature than it already mm, is. Mm. Uh, especially if you include like shiny Pokemon. Something that's brought up and things like that. That I've brought up numerous times and that Ben and I always talk about and bring up is uh, the handheld situation. Sure. Um, and how I've wanted a big, big budget oh Pokemon God. game yeah. on console. Oh Did you not play and Gale of Darkness? No, Gale of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> play Pokemon Snap and Coliseum though. though or Stadium, I, I mean. Yeah. Oh. But with NX, the rumors of it being handheld, like if you give me a hybrid now, because I remember I brought this up a little while ago too, and RHD was pissed because he was like, uh, "Yo, the whole thing of Pokemon is that like you're out, you're catching, like you know, even with the handheld ones, like you're going and you're out and you're catching, and it's kind of that dynamic, not like what? what do you I mean don't you're know. Out it was weird. Catching. I disagreed, but the point is, yeah, is I that, that the 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 fact that. NX is rumored to be detachable and, like, a hybrid system. Yeah. Like, here we go, NX. Let's do this. Give me this big, big budget. When you're at home, you can have these insane, crazy battles, but then you can take it on the right. go. It's a win-win situation. And Pokemon Go style, you're catching them out there. I think that's going to happen. Like, I think that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, that's a rumor, right? Yeah. That there's a yep. po- that within the six months of NX's release, there'll be a Mario and a Pokemon console like for NX. They're listening, and I I, hope I, it's I'm totally with you. They're so listening. Your, your handheld complaints will evaporate. <laughs> yes, it will I, mean, be I, what you I, I was half yes. joking with Gale of Darkness. Like the game has a lot of issues, and like there is no proper overworld. It's like point and click yeah. to the destination. But the actual environments when you go there are three like these. Yeah, three yeah, yeah. Out. I was like, cool. All right, make me an overworld like. Make me a 3D Pokemon and mm-hmm. the, make the battles look like Colosseum battles instead of like the, the sprite thing. I was like, like, it's so I was, frustrating because you can... dreaming of this Pokemon. You can see it. You Like yeah. in your mind, you yeah. can see this awesome console Pokemon. And it's so frustrating playing the 3DS version when they when you get in a battle and they do like the split cut where you can see your Pokemon and their Pokemon and like the frame rate goes to crap and you're just like... Dragon it, Quest... It be there. You don't Dragon Quest 8 is the best weird. Pokemon game. What? what? Dragon Quest Eight is the best no, Pokemon. Game. Each each monster you catch, each monster you catch is extremely meaningful. Yeah. You train them up. Yeah. You battle in a coliseum that gets progressively harder and difficult. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. I love the it is fantastic. It is fantastic. Yeah. Don't know if it's the best Pokemon game. Uh, monster Rancher is the best Pokemon game. Um, speaking of the Nintendo NX, it is time for this week's Pokémon. Uh, and as you know, uh, what we like to do on the show is we like to play games sometimes. I don't want to do it every episode, because then I think it ruins the novelty. But I, I thought of an idea that I really liked. Hopefully our audience likes it, and hopefully you guys like it. And then I try to get through this with a straight face. The name of this game is Emperor Miyamoto. <laughs> and what we're going to do is I'm going to play the role of Emperor Miyamoto. And uh, a, a little bit of RP before we go in. I have, uh, we're, we're in feudal Japan. As Emperor Miyamoto, I have come and I have taken over your lands, all of them. And I am demanding tribute from each of you. Otherwise, I will force you to commit seppuku. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. And so how we're going to do this, I, I know we've talked uh, <laughs> yeah. about the Nintendo X NX at, at length during the Easy Allies podcast. 
But I, I still want to talk about it because it's still fresh in my mind. It's, it's such an exciting time, and the, it's full of, full of possibilities. And so what we're going to do for this game is each of you has to pay tribute to me one at a time by saying what, if you were in charge of making the NX, what you would want to see and what you would do. And you, it has to be one thing. You can't overcomplicate it. From Emperor's Miyamoto's perspective? No, you just... Just tell me what you want. Okay, can I go first? I don't have to pander to Miyamoto, though? You do not have to pander to Miyamoto. Okay, okay, I just okay. thought in for Miyamoto. Okay, funny. cool, cool, That's cool, cool, cool. All. You don't have to pander to Miyamoto. Okay. Don't, don't play it like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, if, if I think your idea is, is not up to snuff, uh, you, 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 get, you get cut out, and then it's just to the remaining participants. And so we're going at last oh, minute stage okay. sort of thing. So I really want you to think hard. Uh, about your ideas. I only have like one I do have quest, to but oh god. Okay. okay. Can I go? You can go. Okay. I want a unified account system on everything. Mm-hmm. When I buy this game, when I buy Mario World or whatever, I want it forever on that account. And if it's NX and Portal, I want to play it at home or take it with me wherever I go. What if, if they ever put like a phone app or something, like if the game can be... Played with like a phone. I want to be able to play on that too. Brad, that is perfect because as somebody who had their 3DS stolen by a man named PJ, PJ. Uh, I no longer have. I spent so much money on 3DS downloadable titles, and I know you can call them and get it back. But can you? the yeah, there's like there's like a there's like a recovery process that oh, you dang. can do. It's a little vague. I'm not. 100% up to the details. But I, I shouldn't even have to go through that. With anything else, I can just go get another console, type in my account information, oh, download yeah, those games. Oh, yeah, because Nintendo's anti-piracy is it's tied to your stupid hardware. Yeah. yeah. So a, you lose yeah. the hardware, get rid of it. You lost your games. It's a draconian policy. So you're getting a two-step authentic- authentication. Stop like, making me buy Link to the Past, man. <laughs> I bought that game like six yeah. times. That's fair. How many times can I buy Mario 3? Yeah. It's a come Three, on, four. <laughs> Three. I like it. Uh, your tribute is sufficient. But please remove that story from Paper Mario. Michael Huber. <laughs> I feel like we've beaten this dead horse, so I'm going to go... I'm going to try to say... The the NX discussion we've beaten the dead horse? No, like what we've wanted, we like our Nintendo. dream oh, scenarios. So okay, I'm gonna, I apologize. No, 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 Shitty no, game, man. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> that sorry. is not a criticism. <laughs> that came out wrong. I apologize. No, it's okay. It's, that's fair. I'm going to try to uh, say something different then. Do Domiani first. Domiani, you're up. Give me uh, a minute. I mean, they need... To <clears throat> there better be a normal damn controller with this thing. Especially when you're playing it with the when the hybrid part, when it's with your console or the docking station. How is it interfacing when you're on a couch, big screen TV? I don't want... Stop with the damn gimmick control shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Wii Remote worked for a little while. People caught onto it. It died off because like, it didn't, wasn't sustainable. Gamepad, okay idea. Tablet, poorly executed. They tried to shove it down your throats. That's why Kyle got angry at Miyamoto made a whole freaking episode of his show about it. Because, like, yo, Miyamoto insists that Gamepad makes your playing experience better than a normal game. It doesn't. If it doesn't work, stop. Like, same thing with freaking Sakurai and Kid Icarus Uprising. Amazing game. You made me play with a shitty control-like setup. Like, I just wanted normal controls. Like, at least give the damn option for it. Like, get off your high horse. If you do something innovative that's cool, but let there be a normal way to play it. Because one, you're alienating people who want to play these great experiences, and two, 
it makes ports of certain games impossible to do when you have these weird like in it it's i don't want to say weird but like different type of way to play a game that the other developer you make to require a third-party developer to put in more effort than the other systems are trying to port to it's like why do they even do it of course they get to say no to like a wii u port of this just back off that angle a bit like this hybrid thing seems intriguing and innovative enough we don't need some weird like i'm hoping the controller it's either touchscreen when you're on the go or normal controller when i'm sitting there like something that looks like a dual shock or an xbox one controller something or the wii u pro controller just don't Calm down on the don't, gimmicks. Don't do it again. <laughs> don't do it again. Like this is would be your th- this will be your third strike. Like don't do it what, again. What's amazing is with with a lot of this stuff with the Wii Remote and especially with the Wii U gamepad, they'll really go aggressive on it early on, and then by the end, it's like nothing you do really takes. They stopped talking about themselves, except yeah. for Star Fox Zero. They gave up on the gamepad shit. They're like whatever, this doesn't work. Wii U at the end, they're like. Yeah, Skyward Swords are like last big one, but like every other game, like yeah, you don't really need to do motion controls. Yeah. It's cool. Here's Xenoblade. Plug no, in the classic. No motion controls for this. Don't even play it with a Wii remote. It's cool. That is uh, that is sufficient tribute. Taking uh, elements from Damiani's um, third-party support to Nintendo. You are not alone in this world. Like you need allies. Look at what happens. When you team up with third parties, what do you get? You're one of the greatest games ever made in the history of video games, Bayonetta 2! That's what you get when you get these third parties making these games. you were going to go with a remake. Or, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about recently, though. Sure. Like, the most recent example, Wii U. Like, one of the best games on the system came from a third party. Like, What game? Bayonetta 2. Oh, Bayonetta yeah. 2. Yeah, get some allies... Get them on board, you know. Again, if you don't have these weird gimmicks, you know, maybe they'll be more like prone to port their games or make exclusives. But like Wii U and we suffered so much because they were fighting a battle by themselves. Go ahead, no, man. Are, so you're asking for third party exclusive experiences and exclusives? Or, yeah. Oh, okay. Are you like, saying, look like, at, like, are you saying they need like GTA Six needs to be on there and like third like, like any, yeah. so obviously I'm challenge that. I'm going to say, obviously, stuff like that, where, you know, an Evil Within is going to come out on a PS3, or PS4, Xbox One, and Wii U. Like, that would be a perfect world. But also, where, like, a world where Insomniac comes and makes a game on your system. You know, they go to Xbox, they make Sunset Overdrive, they go to PlayStation, they make Ratchet & Clank, they come over to NX and they make something sick. Like, get some allies. Nintendo Court's Activision, because they have... Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot platformer exclusive on Teams of Mario. Uh, <laughs> so like you need right. those exclusives, and you need the third party support. Yeah, the, their relationship with Platinum during the Wii U era, um, and obviously their relationship with Rare during the N sixty four era, like those gave the systems a, a different flavor that Nintendo just wasn't able to provide. Yes. Right? Like Nintendo is amazing; they make incredible games, mm-hmm. but those titles specifically brought a new dimension yes. to their platforms. And totally, I agree with you 100%. They beef it up. And the the thing is, though, is I, I feel like we live in a world where if you put, like, a Call of Duty or a Madden or an Assassin's Creed on a Nintendo platform, it just doesn't really matter in the way that it matters on other platforms. They're not seen as appropriate on there or people give them let for whatever reason I'll give, I'll give you some reasons why one no one wanted to play with a fucking Wiimote for half of games two the people didn't want to play year old ports on a gamepad absolutely yeah, in, in I totally agree with you but I feel like the, the damage has been done correct the like, damage has been done three 
if this is a hybrid and is mobile some people might want to take their GTA 6 on the go with them like oh like I yeah. can play it on my on the it's point. like it fits in my pocket too you tell yeah. me I can play GTA 6 Look on, at, like in my office now don't like don't need to you're giving like, me Chinatown Wars vibes because that is one of the best GTAs ever and there were really awesome DS mechanics like hijacking the cars stealing the stereos so yeah incredible game and you know here you go if the NX version all of a sudden has like oh NX. You can take this on the go. This is only available in this NX version. It's those types of novelties and partnerships that will, you know, bring the Nintendo back into the light. Okay. Okay. I buy it. Uh, it's like a really weird one, but this would be really cool to me. It's just like a little tiny thing, but um, I'm willing to die for it. Okay. Anyways. I'm willing to die for it. <laughs> so, Put my life on the line. We saw the NES Mini with the NES controllers and they have like the Wii ports on them. I want them, I want you to be able to plug that into your NX. So let's say if you're playing a virtual console game on it, you could use your NES controller with that. Maybe they have a Super oh, Nintendo controller with that. You could use Have play. like an adapter that you plug in and it does like it has all the, it the has that uniform plug-in <laughs> yeah. that they've been using already, yeah. but just have the controllers uh, with that. So you could use those controllers. You mean the USB port they use now? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, have that like, just for the plug for all the controllers. They could probably could offer you previous controllers will just, that have, like, wireless can sync up to the NX. So, like, you can use your Wii remote, mm -hmm. anything that hooked up to the Wii remote. So you have the NES, the new NES controller, but you still will probably need the Wii I don't want that. I don't want to have to have the fucking Wii mode They're out. never going to give you I that, I don't want dude. that shit. Everything's gone wireless and stuff, and, like, cords is charging things. They're not going to... Never put it past Nintendo to do something stupid and keep old things <laughs> in their console. Like, never expect... No, them. they've been one with, like... They don't like the cords. Like, their, their shit, like, has yeah, always been, they like, got, wireless. They had like, the fucking GameCube ports in on Wii and stuff. That was, like, a so, like... It's funny you say that, because like, I feel like Smash it always Brothers for that to happen. And if they're seeing the success of the NES Mini, I think it'd be a great idea, because they could start the NES Mini, they can move on to something else after that and use the stuff they have with it. So if they're all about synergy and using their products together... It's a sim it's a little simple thing. They could put two controller slots in it. I also think the nostalgia play is strong. I remember when the Wii was coming out and and they what they talked about with the virtual console. Oh, yeah. I, I think when you say like, hey, you know, we're, we're like in a way, if you say you can use all of your controllers, in a way they're saying we're making this console for you, and I think this is a very strong definitely uh, thing. And so I can I can see a logic in it. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to play like uh, an NES game holding my Wiimote sideways or whatever. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. I just hope, you know, I'm not attacking Reggie. I love the guy, but there's been numerous times where he talks about first-party games and Nintendo games are the selling point. And I just hope now that they've realized that, like, you need more than Mario and Zelda. It's just not enough anymore. They got Splatoon now. And it comes That's another out, one. The, and the release schedule is so staggered. That's true. Takes so long. We got yeah. one Mario game. We got one Zelda game. So, I I actually... <laughs> He's always like, oh, it's another Disagree with, with the Mario. sense that, like, I mean, I, I think till the end of time, I will buy Nintendo consoles for Nintendo games. Because I think Nintendo makes of some of the best games. Agreed. Like, but there could be Almost more. every year. There could be uh, more. There could be more, absolutely. I The problem is is just those long periods of nothing. Nothing. That's like, why they need years. third party to fill the gaps. Yes, totally. I totally agree. With years. That. All right. Who's, so Brad just went. Uh, wait, I need that was another. Sepiku? Oh. We're going to Oh, did I live or die? You so, lived. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're going again? Yeah. Round two? Round two. 
Oh. We're going until you die. Oh, until death. What if, yeah. like, I just want to, like, abandon this empire and just, like, this okay. sucks. <laughs> we know you're a bad ruler. Going to okay. Sony. I'm going to <laughs> Sony, land, PC land. I'm out of here. I'm sorry. Brad, you, you do not seem to like this game. I, I apologize. No, no, I got a dagger in my pocket. Ready um, if Yamoto comes for me. Okay. <laughs> so you, you commit seppuku... No, I, I attempt to murder Miyamoto. Oh, you attempt to murder Miyamoto. Oh, oh, Political assassination. Yeah, the coup, yeah, yeah. The coup yeah. is underway. The coup. <laughs> um, I could go for like a rewards type. No, okay. Here's a here's a selfish one. Uh, trophies, achievements. No brainer. Yeah. Mm. Go no with brainer. the times. Go with the times. Yeah. It's like, if you're like, I don't need achievements, that's fine. You don't need them. But a ton of people haven't seen yeah, people want games them. that I've met. A ton of people were like, yeah. oh, this game has trophies. I'm going to play it. Oh, it has a platinum. Maybe I'll play it. Like, there yeah. is a diehard community for that. Yeah. Like, especially for a game like Mario, like, that is a game that I would maybe take the extra time to platinum or a Zelda uh, think, about, think about like a Pokemon where you were saying like you you get bored playing through the story. Imagine if there were achievements that encouraged you to play a different way. Like exactly win with only this type of Pokemon or yeah. something. You know, yeah. and like having rewards sometimes for doing it. Like if you if you get like whatever the equivalent of platinum or all the achievements in this game is, you'll get like a theme that yeah. you can only get through that way. Yes, Brad. giving people a little tiny incentive to keep playing. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit here because I th- I do think the achievement thing is is a good one, but would you just want it to be like a like an Xbox Live system or no? I, like think, I, I need some. What what makes it uniquely Nintendo? I think going off with Brad offering unique rewards with them, whether they be themes or you know, let's let's show a little goodwill, Nintendo. We've bought Link to the Past fourteen times. They give Super you like points. They give you points. That can be redeemed for maybe similar games in the franchise. Is that tied into the achievement system? Yes. Yeah. No. So like, think about like how uh, they had like Club Nintendo or whatever, and you earn yeah. points. You earn points. But, but the more you play, you the more you earn. earn. You could do it by playing their games. No, no, no. Hold on. If if somebody just buys a Link to the Past once, they should be able to get all the achievements. Like, you shouldn't get more achievement points just because you bought it a bunch. That doesn't... No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that at all. We're talking about if you earn achievements in a game, those points can be used to spend to buy actual physical To buy old virtual console games or themes. It's like... Instead of like and how me, yeah. I'm very on Clementino, but like you would buy a game or whatever and you would get points for buying the game or something like that. There's a code in there, right? Is that how it worked? Yeah. Instead of like that, make them... Earn their points with achievements. The, yeah, um, would you apply achievements to old games? Absolutely, I would. A hundred percent, I would. Yeah, I mean they've done it in the past with like uh, you know Street Fighter like, PS3 has a couple trophies there. If they're like, like whenever they check this out. If they're like, hey man, we put whatever Nintendo achievements are like on Clash of Demon Head on NES. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I'm totally yeah. buying that just to earn some of those achievements. The thing is, I don't want to sound like a trophy whore because I'm not. I haven't like actively looked at my trophies or cared about them since like Resident Evil Remake came out like I'm over those because they make me kind of play in a weird way but there's no denying that it makes you feel connected you know it is the ecosystem it is like yo PlayStation Network like here's all your account like when I go online on Wii U I feel like I'm alone Mm. I feel like I'm in this little box all by myself and it's like Playing Nintendo, it feels lonely, 
when so that annoying. is like the complete opposite of their brand and message. And I feel like this is one step to kind of open up the doors to the the network and everyone. Yeah, like what if they had like little crazy ideas, like let's say uh, whatever. The, are we going? Are we going too nuts? No, I love this. I what I was hoping for was this just anger and passion, and it's exactly what I'm getting. <laughs> it's just like you could have so many little ideas. Like let's say um, for like a weird example, like if you have an avatar or whatever, like how Xbox does. You could get your stupid like Mario hat for your like in- integrating Miitomo stuff kind of into the system itself. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Like your Miitomo is a dumb house. If you get all the trophies or achievements in this Zelda game, you get the Master Sword like you do in Animal Crossing. Dang it. The, yeah. so there's a there's a counter argument. Oh, dude, you get your own house with That's... your Nintendo. Yeah. You live, like, You're in ex. a village and, like, all dude, your friends live in your we village. we live in Easy Alliesville. We all get your like Animal Crossing style Place, house, and you can decorate your house based on your achievements in games, dude. Sounds exciting. <laughs> would, how long do you think it would last? Because they did do PlayStation Home. They did this. Uh, this is Nintendo. People. Yeah, they are desperate yeah. for anything. And you Nintendo. scale it down. You scale it down. You make it like Animal Crossing well, style, just like nice and easy. I feel like PlayStation Home was so. Right now, on your 3DS, you can earn hats and outfits. From playing games and getting achievements in games to dress your okay, Mii cool, up with. Cool. And then on Wii U, in the Miiverse, you unlock the sticker stuff for like doing stuff in their first party Ain't games. No one wants stickers. So you can do messages like if you had that sticker, like, oh so shit, that person did that achievement, like they got that sticker. So there was sort of a way to that, that they were sort okay, of doing they need it. Expand no, upon the the it, problem man. is their their online infrastructure is so disjointed. It's yeah, it's yeah and so behind. They just need to have something that is comparable to Xbox Live and PlayStation Network with how seamless and how easy it is to do online, mm-hmm. that it's not... A, like, Miiverse wasn't a bad idea. It was just how it was, like, implemented. Yeah, yeah, yeah And then how their online infrastructure was. It was... It's, it is still such yeah. a pain to navigate. They need to, like, just... If they could just tighten that up, get that up to speed with everyone else, but then have all this stuff they've had with, that you're asking for, but they sort of had a little bit of... And had that, like, as, you know, the icing on top. I think that could put them... A little bit, you know, over the top with like the online experience with their games. Yeah. Um. Not like not just playing with other people, but like when you go to like the online lobby and stuff, blah blah blah. You see like, you know, your character and stuff, and like people say, oh, like it's like MMO show we we're talking about earlier. Like exactly. they had that piece of gear or they had yeah. that outfit. That means they beat like Metroid Prime Four in under like two hours exactly. to get like the, the golden Samus various suit it'd be outfit. Awesome. It's oh my to god. Show off. Yeah. It'd be or you get like horrible. a Link statue, like Hero Times. Like, yeah. You'd be, you'd be over, like the new like Breath of the Wild with like out dying or something. Like you get like a, in front of like, Damiani's house, dude. He's got <laughs> yeah. some Zelda <laughs> statue. Like, what if you have a Zelda yeah. thing and Damiani doesn't? Like, how yeah. smug? Or like you on my feel? shelf, I have yeah. some like Bowser, just like. Rah! And then take their like they do those competitions, those like those those time competitions, like in Splatoon and stuff. They can just extend it to all the games. Like, if you have, like, the best score... I know it's going to have a score, but, like, just go with me this. If you have the best score in, like, the new Zelda game, you get, like, a piece of the Triforce. You get to mount on your house for a week. And every week it resets, and it's like, if you don't defend your title, someone else might be able to steal your piece of the Triforce, and they get it. Yeah. And if, like, you... And if someone completes, like, all three challenges, they get, like... And have the best scores in that. They have all three pieces of the Triforce. Dude, <laughs> Maybe Nintendo's like, all right, you get, Dreaming like... Dreaming big, I love it. You I get, like, this. a wish... Like you get to you get to ask for like one Nintendo product. I feel like for free. this game is us just yelling at Emperor Miyamoto for stuff. <laughs> uh, 
Nintendo has such a devout fan base, such a passionate fan base. Like there are there are people that would die for Nintendo. And I I what you guys are saying I think really rings true. Is there Nintendo should do a better job of allowing those people to socialize and get together and Express embrace that yourself. Love. Yeah. And not just be connecting your Facebook and Twitter accounts. Yeah, like, yeah. they've had the worst <laughs> ecosystems yeah. ever like, flirting. Again, like, Platinum Trophies is, like, an expression of yourself. Like, I feel like Nintendo hasn't let me express my love for them in a very long time. Like, a sticker is just not going to do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your sticker. Here's your yeah. Black and white Thanks. sticker. Yeah. Thank you, Nintendo. Appreciate it. And the, what I believe oh is, in general, a lot of the times, uh, Nintendo first-party games are, like I said, some of the best. Some of my favorite Easily. things that I play in a year. And so it's like, if Nintendo could just catch up or get proficient, however they decide to do it with this other stuff, they would be, they'd be indomitable. No yeah. one could take them down. Everyone, yeah. and they would. They and we're see. dreaming big because it's next yeah. gen. I mean, this is a yeah. new system coming out next right. year. Wow yeah. PS4 wow and Xbox One right. have been out for a while now. Wow right. Like, this to me is like, whoa, we're going at like a, a next gen. And this is my favorite point in the conversation. I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of comments saying why we're how insane we are. How insane we are. But, you know, that we we're can do this. Big. Nintendo this now. It's is the point insane. Of dreaming. Nintendo yeah. themselves are Crazy. insane. Yeah. Um, Smash Brothers trophies, you get them in your house, you show them off. For winning and tournaments, like, like, and the thing like is all those cool, trophies like, so themed cool. trophies, and you're like, you like, yeah. in your collection, you show them to other people, and you could trade them with people. Yeah, yep. okay, I Pokemon got Pokemon figures when you capture them in your game, they're in your house, you have your Pikachu in your house for first party Nintendo games. How okay, what I love about Smash Brothers trophies is you get you learn about games and things and characters that you would never know about before. What if for first party Nintendo games, when you locked an achievement, there's a little bit of Nintendo history? That's cool too. I'd love that. More and, you, yeah. and you look at the achievement and you learn something. Yes. How cool would that be? Amazing. They need I a, love it. A unified jukebox for all like the the songs you earn in the game. So you can go to your like your online house and play music. We're so excited right now. Yeah. <laughs> you play music from the game. Like, oh my so god. Can, like, that's yeah. how you get the, like you yeah. unlock the original soundtrack. So you have to sell it to you anymore. They always complain can't release it. Just like. There it is. Like, you beat this game, the soundtrack's unlocked in your jukebox. And it sounds insane, but like a little village with, you know, people on your friends list. Dude, we're just connected. Every Nintendo system, it's like the last two have been insane. Here's this tablet yeah. controller you're going to use. Yeah. But we're going to use it like 2% of all of our games, and it's going to suck pretty much on everything. Also, you can't walk more than six feet without it. Yeah. Obviously, that yeah. exaggerated. Like, the Wiimote itself yeah. sounded insane. You know, Gear him. guys, we it. have uh, made it all worth it. We have completely Please. abandoned the game, but that's okay. We're taking over me. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps it was a shitty game. It doesn't coup. matter. I I'm going to do it anyway. Sip I, a coup. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> we, had, we had a fun and what I thought was an interesting discussion about the NX. And so that's, that is all that matters to me. I sneak attack Miyamoto. Sneak attack uh, Miyamoto. Triple damage. You were successful. <laughs> It's coming uh, soon. Miyamoto. It's really so intense. Here's what happened RP-wise with Emperor Miyamoto is he was so overwhelmed by your ideas that like a demon, he just started like bubbling up and then exploded. Like, <laughs> like you expelled <laughs> this, the, the, the demon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, if you guys are ready, I think we're going to move on. Yeah, dude, yeah, I'm ready. Ooh, but, emails. You know, Hit me. Look at your watch, man. It's August right now. Yeah. We're going to be seeing the NX The rumor soon. is next month. In a weird Every way, day we get closer. I feel like 
2016 for gaming is just getting started. Yes. Like, we have the NX reveal. We've got Final Fantasy 15. Last Guardian. No Man's Sky. Yeah. Day Last away. Guardian. Like, Last Guardian. Like, the... The things that we're going to remember 2016 to for, like a lot of those have not come yet. Yeah. Not that 2016 has already been amazing. It has. It's been yeah. a great year. It's been a great year. It's only going to get better, or maybe it's going to be catastrophic. <laughs> no! We'll see. Uh, <clears throat> emails. Uh, lovely batch of emails. We, the emails get better and better every week, which I, which I appreciate. Um, our first one is from Gon. Hey, Gon. He says, uh, Frame Trap Inquiry. I like that. Uh, after watching your recent preview for Civilization VI, I must say that it looks like an amazing franchise. It is. I've never played an entry in the series and would love to try it out, but the density and complexity just looks so daunting to a first-time <laughs> player. Feels like one of those games you need to have grown up with at least, or to have at least some exposure to. I have to run into that kind of mental barrier that keeps me from picking up games like WoW, Persona, Dragon Quest. The sense of being so far behind the curve that catching up seems impractical. Obviously, games usually have to add more depth as they iterate. Do you think that the long-running games or other media are doomed to become more and more insular as they progress? Is there a critical mass at which a series becomes effectively unapproachable? Thanks. Uh, I have a quick answer for this. Um, I think, actually, games are becoming less and less insular as time progresses because uh, there are so many resources now that I think... You should just embrace for multiple reasons. Like Civilization, uh, there are tons of really eloquent, charming people doing tutorials on how to get Civilization. Exactly, yeah. You can watch, you know, 10-minute videos, 30-minute videos, whatever you want. You can find somebody that speaks to you and explains it in a way that you understand. And not only is that great and educational and you get to connect with this person, but you also get to connect with the community. Mm -hmm. You also, like, it's a good stepping stone of just interaction with a broad range of people. And so I think for pretty much any game, you can find something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, get on there... And, and search that stuff out. And it's always just that first step. Yeah. I mean, of course, yeah. civilization looks daunting and overwhelming, but, yeah. you know, you sit down for two hours, you're going you're gonna to learn how to play. Yeah. You're, yeah, but the thing is, and I think what frustrates some people is something like civilization, uh, you may not just learn everything all at once. Of like, course. You may understand the basics, but then you're like, wait, what is this? Why did this happen? And you have to kind of get comfortable with You have to be okay with learning stuff yeah. slowly like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing with fighting. I mean, it's great now. It's like... Think about when we were kids and you're at a party game and you don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, who am I going to talk to? None right. of my friends have this game. Right. Yeah. I guess I got to buy Nintendo Power to find out where to go now. Final Fantasy 1. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> Never beat it. Didn't know where to go. Damiani, what do you, how do you feel? Are games becoming more insular? I mean, I don't think games are becoming more insular. I, I agree with you. I, I think they are trying to be a little bit more all-inclusive. Um, uh, I think it's a delicate balance or difficult challenge for companies to uh, developers to figure out a way to, to ease people in without without insulting players who've already been familiar with the series um you could also you could say like hey here's an optional tutorial if you're familiar with this skip over it but then a lot of i don't here's the thing i don't like how some companies word like specifically the difficulty settings like, they'll say, like, I'm familiar with adventure games. If you're familiar with action-adventure games, you should pick this. If you just want to enjoy the story. But, like, if you've played a few action-adventure games, and then there's, like, you're very you're, you're familiar with it, and then there's, like, the story one, and then you look at the one above it, like, this is for experts, sometimes you might doubt yourself. Like, am I really, like, is, do I really know action-adventure games? And then you end up picking the easier one, be safe. Like, I don't necessarily agree with it. It's better than just putting easy, like, normal and hard with no explanation whatsoever. But I still don't think it's enough. And then skippable tutorials, like, hey, if you know this game, just hit the skip button and go over this. 
I kind of wish there was a way to integrate, like, hey, go watch X certain person's video on certain person's YouTube channel. I wish there was some way, like, if you wanted that, like, with Civilization, Civilization Six in particular, they, instead of a tutorial, like, they kind of, like, they, they, it is a tutorial. They take you through different mission, like, scenarios. Not a whole mission, but, like, different types of examples of what you're going to be, like, seeing. And try to visualize and explain what's going on in, in, in like, real time. Not, like, here's a mechanic. We're going to give you a lengthy, like, like dump of information about what it's about. Like, show it to me in action. Like, you do it for me. Like, AI, do this, like, move for me or do it and, like, explain it how it's going. Because then you, I think you, at least for me, I grasp that better when there's both, like, visual and information going on in real time. Yeah. Rather than, here's a menu that comes up. Like, I'm thinking Dude, of, like, I am Star Setsuna. Ocean 5. I am had the Star, worst Star Ocean 5, when they brought up all the, the, the menus, the, like, the pages of information about what to do. I thank God I played a Star Ocean game before, so I knew, like, half the stuff. I was like, you got to read, like, a book. And then they expect you to remember that in a real-time combat. Like, remember all that on the fly in real-time combat. It's like... like what do you think of Final Fantasy VII's example when they teach you about Materia? How you're like in the menu and Tifa was telling you about the Materia and she has you do it while she's step. explaining it to you. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's like a, that's a game. And if they, you do it wrong, like, hey, you didn't do this right mm -hmm. because you did this. Yeah. Like that's the part where you want to make mistakes. You want the game to inform you. Yeah, hey, when you're learning there. This didn't go right. Now, the the bad, the, the harsh reality, I, I, I'm trying to remember this specific example, but something is sticking, warning signs go up in my head right now that there was one game where they tried to do it that way. And I, I just remember, like, I have no idea what the hell they want me to do. They tried to explain it. This this mechanic doesn't make any sense. I would do it wrong. And when like, the game wouldn't let you advance, so you did it right. And I was like, motherfucking game. Like, why? Like, right. so, your explanation, if the explanation sucks and you still don't know it, then you're kind of screwed. So it's kind of like, wolf. yeah. Blade Wolf? Just kidding. Was it? Was it? Revengeance. Oh. Everyone oh. got stuck there. It's like, yo, parry him. Everyone's like, I can't parry yeah, it's, It was like a fighting game <laughs> or something where you did like do like a type of like... The some fish of Anyway. Seeing people... Like, Qu hard oh quit on Blade Wolf. It's pretty good. Seeing people hard quit in Twilight Princess because they couldn't catch the fish yeah. is hilarious <laughs> yeah. to me. But a damn fish. That's why I said like it's a it's a lot of effort to do that, and uh, sometimes the payoff might not work as intended. Like it might end up being just as confusing as if you just put it there. Yeah, I. But I still think actually getting the the person hooked in to actually play it more and more that's the best way. Like if you if you put in time and you and you play the game, you get used to it. Like I think people need to be afraid to fail. Like, yeah. Understand when you see players who are really good at anything, yeah. whether it's a competitive game or a single player game, they didn't just start playing it like that. They, they played it. They they screwed up on shit a lot. They didn't know how mechanics worked intricate as intricately as they do currently. Like they talked with other people. Like you got to go through that experience. And I get there's intimidation. Like when a game's been out for so long or C's been out so long, those people already are part of like that tight knit circle or perceived tight knit circle of a community, but. You you just got like like not everyone's gonna bite your you know your head off if you ask a question. It's like just ask the questions you know to the community like hey you know you know go to the subreddit for a game like yo like I am new like how, is there a good place to go for like explanation on this or does anyone have pointers? You need to just kind of like ask and ignore the, the the morons who are like you should know that already. It's like pretty <laughs> obvious. It's like just ignore those guys. Like they're 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 just like bad players who only get satisfaction from talking down to newbies our next well question said. comes from miguel he says hello allies miguel lopez hello. No, not miguel lopez. 
We saw Miguel recently. It was awesome. Uh, went to the Portuguese premiere of Suicide Squad. Hated it. While reading <laughs> comments on the reviews of the movie, I saw several people saying that some reviewers didn't have knowledge of the DC Universe, making their reviews not valid somehow. Oh. Boy, I would argue in the case of Suicide Squad, that doesn't... It's just a bad movie. Cool the spoilers. <laughs> haven't seen it yet. Uh, my question is, do you think previous knowledge of the extended universe of a movie or game... Uh, is necessary to make a decent review, or do you think that a game or movie must speak for itself? Uh, I think if you're taking a game and mm -hmm. putting it on the big screen, there's going to be people who are watching a movie who have never played the game before. And you need, to, you need to make the movie understandable enough for the people playing the game. Yeah. Who, who haven't Who haven't like played the game Wait, before. Wait, for like video game movies? Like, yeah, okay, if you're watching a video game movie, okay, and you've never played the games before... You need to have like a somewhat understanding. You need to be able to understand and follow the story. Like Warcraft. Yes. It's kind of confusing. Like you will for get, people who... you will get, yeah, you will get more for playing the game for sure. But yeah. if you're making a movie, you need to be able to make it for people who haven't played the games to enjoy it. But but specifically. But at the same time, like Warcraft, they were making it for us. Correct. You know? like, and that movie's awesome. But I think correct. you can understand it without any. Yeah. Yeah, like you can get the gist of it. Easy. I mean, I haven't seen Suicide. I don't know like how crazy it is or whatever, but. But he's, he's talking specifically, should, do reviewers have to be super experts? No. When, no. And, and the reason for that is, so if there were only, if there's only one source of review, exactly. then it would matter. But, yes. But somebody that is experiencing something for the first time, that's a valuable voice. That mm -hmm. voice could have a lot of merit and may see things that a seasoned veteran might not see. And so, like, just reading a bunch of different reviews and finding what resonates with you is, is, the, is the whole point. So, no, exactly. I don't necessarily think it makes it... Uh, relevant. I think what is the, the problem? Hopefully the reviewer does his job and says... Acknowledges it. Right. Acknowledges yeah, right, exactly. Of course. That's what I was going you to know, say. I went into this movie not knowing anything about DC. This is my thoughts. If you present false information or you try to misrepresent your position on something, obviously, yeah. then it's... You always got to be like transparent on that. Let yeah. the person know where you're coming from as a reviewer. Absolutely. Like if some guy's reviewing... Kingdom Hearts or what's saying he's like he's never played it before and he's like I don't know who the hell anyone is or what's going on and like okay well whatever your review is like not relevant to me because I'm a fan and I right. know all these things but it, but it might be relevant to exactly yeah. yeah yeah awesome our next question comes from Jamie he says hi guys I play a lot of video games both old and new and I found that there are a lot of modern games that are missing something that was an integral mechanics in a lot older game in a lot of older games lives in older games typically if you lost all of your lives you were punished by being sent back to an earlier point in the game this meant that much of the challenge came from having to take your time and avoid dying in order to avoid the frustration of being sent back to an early point of the game or even the very <laughs> beginning modern action games death has fewer consequences as more games are often use a checkpoint system rather than a live system you can infinitely replay the same game segment over and over until you complete it and move on to the next. Even platforming games like Super Meat Boy and VVVVVV, which are notorious for the difficulty, allow you to immediately start a very close claim to where you died. Uh, that is not always true in Super Meat Boy, but okay. Uh, my question is, do you miss the live system, or do you prefer the less punishing checkpoint system that accompanies newer games? Would you like to see newer games bring back to traditional live system? Uh, depends on the game. First of all, they used a lot of live systems back on old games because they're a lot shorter. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're super hard because they didn't want you beating it super fast when you spend well, $80 buying this game for one thing. That was, yeah, that, that's sort of it, but it goes before that. It was all that, that whole the life design mentality is the relic of the arcade system. It was yeah, designed to get, to get you to, to pump spend more money. money more that's yeah. the only reason the life system existed then. And then they're like, oh, this also makes a game go longer, so keep it in. But over time, People complained about it, and the games got bigger naturally. Like, we don't really need you dying a million times because then these games would be too long. 
people started to whine about this is ridiculous. Like you had that transitional period, I think around like the end of the PS1, PS2 era where that mechanic started to die out a little bit and, and wave. And by the time we were at the, the PS3, 360 era, it's like that mechanic almost doesn't exist at all. It's yeah. like checkpoints. It's everywhere. Everything is checkpoints, which is fine. Like you don't need to like have to go back to the beginning of a level. If you prove you can reach that point, that that's fine. Like, and I get some people are like, no, the challenge is beating it all without dying. It's like, you can self-impose that on yourself, but like, don't restrict the average person to that, like that ridiculous threshold. Like, I get like some people love that. That people are like, that's why I like Dark Souls because it does like has sort of similar. There's no lies, but you lose progress if you do that. It's like, okay, well that's a new way. There there aren't lies mm-hmm. in Dark Souls. There are checkpoints, but that's how they did it. They like this make it really hard to, to get, get to the checkpoints. Yeah. So. You can still do it in today's modern system. It's just you just don't need lives anymore. Like it's just like only retro game style games do that. Like when they made Mega Man Nine and Ten. Oh, here's lives again. Like well, that made sense. But yeah, like think about if you're playing Bloodborne and you had three lives to beat the whole game. <laughs> Go find those extra lives. You have to reset the entire game. <laughs> to be fair, there are... some people would love that. I, I did won't. that. I did that yeah. when I play it. If right. I would die, I'd write my whole game because yeah. it's fun You're for me. But there's also wow, XCOM, XCOM has that mode as well. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Diablo like has it's it? cool. Yeah. Like yeah, you could totally have modes like that, but it does not need to be the main like yeah the main not... thing of the game. Totally. Yeah. I uh, to play Devil's Advocate though, I do love it. Um, sometimes I do miss it. Like you know, you get to you get. Once I got really comfortable in Souls and Bloodborne and realized that. Dying didn't really have a penalty. Sure, you lose your souls, whatever. Like, Demon Souls felt so much more intense to me because every time you die, the cryptic world tendency thing happened. Like, oh, when you die, it's going to get harder. So I really, really feared death. But no one even I, knew what that was at I the got, time. Exactly, but I was still scared of it even though I didn't know what it was because <coughs> they said the game's going to get harder. I got to a point in Dark Souls and Bloodborne where... Didn't fear death. Yeah, but Demon Souls, it doesn't even get that much harder. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. Yeah. Looking back, of course, yeah. hindsight, whatever. But well, at the time, I was nervous as hell. Like, but like, but when, then, even when I was when I was playing through the first time, it was so cryptic that I it, like I just forgot about it. So like, that consequence wasn't even there. Yeah. But I mean, still, like you know, you get to a checkpoint like in Bloodborne, and then you yeah, you're, well, yeah. Like, you're you're at a boss, yeah. and you're like, all right, whatever. Like, yeah, because you're thinking like, and you're also thinking about like yeah. it's your first time ever playing that type of game. Period. When you're playing the sequels yeah. after I, that and everything. I remember you were fighting Rom the Vacuous Spider, and it, it was a challenge for you. It took you a while to beat it. And I remember the, the, the tension that you had, the intensity. Yeah. And so, the, like, there was fear there. You can't tell me there wasn't fear there. I, I know you felt it. Yeah, and the other thing with the, the Souls games, not just, like, you know, what we were just talking about right there, but also, like, some you, some people might counter say, like, well the path to getting back to a certain point like is difficult like you uh-huh. did all that work to get to a certain spot well hello oh there are shortcuts in all these games like that's the souls games want you to kind of explore a little bit and find those shortcuts to so when you find a new checkpoint it's like hey you do don't actually have to run back through that gauntlet again if you really don't want to just be a little bit brave and you know go do that sorry it's just a tangent yeah even demon but, souls had a ton of shortcuts or stuff just like that but like I'm worried that lives trivialize modern games. Like think like the newest newest Mario games. They still have lives in them, but it's either the very beginning yeah. and you have very few, or by ha- like in a few hours in the game you have like 99 yeah. lives. Like yeah. it's so stupid. Like Such why? A bad thing to when you get game over, it's like nothing happened. Like you just got a game over screen and go right back to the level with only four lives. Sometimes what frustrates me uh. with lives in older games is you 
run into like the live system with the design of older games like beat em ups or platformers specifically you are probably you're very likely to fail because it's all based on pattern recognition and so you're going to die just in the process of learning and so it gets really really frustrating where it's like all right well i lost all my lives trying to figure out what i'm supposed to do and because of that learning mm -hmm. process i have to go all the way back to the beginning and do everything over when it just would have been a lot better to be like, no, I figured this out. Now just let me do the thing. Yeah. And so that I don't, I don't like that type of. Design. Just getting the bow again. It's playing devil's advocate, case to case basis. But I do like that it raises the stakes. Yo. By having lives like checkpoints sometimes lower the stakes quite a bit for me. Um, whereas like a game like Resident Evil, you know, you don't really have lives, but you have the ink ribbons to save, and you have a finite amount of medical supplies. Yeah. So the stakes are always there. And the, those are always the games that like stick yeah, with me the longest. But, but what I like about yeah. that is it's not just like one hit you're dead or like two hits you're dead. Like mm -hmm. you have, you have that frantic moment of like, no, I I haven't figured out this boss yet, and so therefore he did a super powerful attack, and I'm hurt. I can heal myself. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like you have a little bit more of a fighting like, chance. Those yeah. games also let you retreat as well. Like yeah. when think of like the side scrolling games where you can't go back. Like you can only go yeah. forward. Like you made Resident Evil. The original Legend of Zelda didn't have lives, mm -hmm. but the only saves you had like you only saved any meaningful progress when you got a new item, or you, or you completed a dungeon. Okay. Like when you completed a dungeon, it would like it would save it, but like when you if you but died, that's cool because then until that, you know, you have those stakes while yeah. you're going through that dungeon. Like all the enemies, if you die, the enemies would reset. I, I think uh, would reset in that dungeon. You got game over, start again. Hey, look, all the enemies have respawned in that dungeon. You had to go through all that again. But if you got the item, you still have the item. Like you, okay, you got the item. We're giving you that. Like, yeah, life's yeah. coming to a factor on shorter games too. I can I can see that because it, it extends the duration of the game. Like. You're playing The Witcher. You don't want lives unless you're like <laughs> unless you're like a vet. Because like if you're playing that game for the right, story guys. and you die, you're like, well, fuck that. I'm not playing 30 hours again to go yeah, through all that. Fuck, no, no, you're not hardcore enough, guys. World of Warcraft lives new oh feature God, in Legion. Dude. Dude. You die. Oh you go so back to down. level one. Hell yeah, you lose down. everything. Diablo hardcore yeah, mode. Yeah, same thing. Sure you want to be able to do that? I love but that. Ten years the of only way you could play. <laughs> ten years of progress gone. They should have a hardcore server. <laughs> they should. Where you get I, they do. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. You die in PvP. You're losing. Yeah, some assholes just gonna be camping the the starting zone and just killing everybody. Yeah. And the course, social element that, that would force The server yeah. starts at all of everyone's level one on that server. Oh, and it's just like dog eat dog. Race, dude. Race to level. Uh, oh my goodness. We're gonna we're gonna move on to our next email <laughs> from Gordon. Uh, what are the allies' picks for the game of last generation? Either 360, PS3, or Wii game will do. Personally, I will go for Batman Arkham Asylum. Last of Us. I'm gonna go with uh, Red Dead Redemption. Um, I'm gonna go with Demon Souls. Nice. Oh wait, no, I love Red Dead Redemption a lot, but I think I'm gonna go with Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I thinking? I'm gonna go with Dark Souls. That was a mistake. It's okay. You rectified. It. I rectified. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Justified. Dark Souls for sure. It's tough. It's on you, Dumbs. Oh man. You just gotta pick one. Super Mario Galaxy. Nice. I like it. Great pick, pick, pick. dude. Yeah. Oh. Whew. Huh. Well done. Uh, our next email, I'm going to butcher this name, I apologize, is from Hassanine. I think that's how you pronounce that. Hassanine. Uh, I like this question a lot. Which mini games would you like 
to be seen turned into a real life product, sort of like physical Gwent cards oh. that were sold. So something that you can, a little fun thing that you can do in a game. That Triple triad. So that actually has been brought to real life. Oh, uh, I think so. Oh, okay, cool. Hot rope jump. <laughs> From Mario Party? Mario Party? <laughs> a flaming rope you have to jump on? Or jump through? The uh, the Lickitung sushi game from Pokemon Stadium. Uh, a Blitzball. Blitzball. There you go. That was pretty good. Um, Excellent. Jeez, I got nothing. Nothing? <laughs> think about it. Well, well I'll read uh, the next we'll email and you can, you can think about it. Uh, this is from Christopher. Hi, Alex. What do you think of the recent... Oh, this is this is a doozy, so get ready. What do you think of the recent... It's just a tough, tough subject. What do you think of the recent localization masquerading as censorship for Your Automata director, uh, Yoko Taro, recently let slip in an interview that 8.4, who localized near 1, will be working on the sequel. You know, they made various positive changes to the original, which irritated uh, netizens and caused cries of censorship once more. Nier was risely, widely praised for its localization, but the current climate seems to have erased that goodwill. What would you guys want in future localizations? Total dedication to the original text or text that sounds natural in English and is fun to read? Creator's intent. I'm usually with creator's intent all the way. I mean, I don't know what Nier was like necessarily or whatever. I that, Creator's intent. But creator's intent can still be made. Like, localization is not a one-to-one. -one. Like, it's not what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's, no. that's a translation. Can you give me yeah. an like, yeah, like, like, Metal Gear Solid 1 yeah. is, is an amazing example of a game that was localized for the better, that made it sound more natural the way those characters were communicating with each other. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm totally fine with, like, them changing the dialogue to make it match ours better and be more understandable. Because they yeah. find a direct translation wouldn't work properly. Yes. I assume, but I, I don't I, know, like, whatever changes I, they do. Like, I want to make a it. distinction between localization and censorship. I don't like censorship. Yeah. I don't like you saying, well, we don't like the way that this is presented or we think it's going to offend people. That sucks. That's a, I think that's a different thing than localization. I think making a game better by making it more natural and not necessarily cutting things, but like smoothing the rough edges uh, is a good thing and, and it has made games better and, and sure. more well-received. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, like changing outfits on ladies... A lot of times, the way that Nintendo does it, I, I think it is is overbearing mm -hmm. uh, and a little bit too much, and they're they're not really thinking about the audience with some of those games. Um, yeah, but, it's like, come on, that market yeah. you're trying to appeal yeah. to right now, come on. It 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 doesn't make sense to me. I do disagree with that, but yeah. I wish the. I, I wish there was no censorship. Again, make your game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the MPAA will hand down a rating in accordance. Mm -hmm. um, that's a whole other topic in its yeah, yeah. own right and sales of that and whatnot. But uh, I wish every game had the language of the country that the game originated from. Mm -hmm. The, game the came option. From, so you the can... game came from Japan, it has Japanese. If it comes from America, it has English. Do you, and do you, so uh, on and so forth. Talk about, and subtitled versus the... No, the, the actual dialogue. The dialogue, but like, what do you want the text? Because the text might not necessarily match up to what makes sense in, in English well, or something like that. Usually, so... You, you, I know what you're saying. You just want like j straight Japanese with nothing on there. So like, if you understand Japanese, or with English you... subtitles as well. So your suggestion there about like English subtitles, like I don't know how they do it with games, but with uh, with with anime, when they do the localization process, the subtitles are always different from the dubs. 
just because of the timing. Mm -hmm. So the subtitles are usually, they're they're still localized in the sense like everything can't be a literal translation, but it's a more quote-unquote faithful translation of the original Japanese because they can just put the words down there and they have more space to work with with the time. The English dub, though, always has to be sometimes a little bit more concise, so they have to reword things a little bit more. So I do like that when anime do offer that. You do have the option to read like something as close to what the original Japanese language was saying, and then you have something that's a little bit more, you know, mainstream that yeah. it's meant to like make the game more accessible. I wish video games did that more. That yeah. they did have a Japanese language track with English subtitles that were closer to that, mm-hmm. and then the English dub was whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. and that way I mean, you could satisfy both. You could satisfy both. You know, groups pretty yeah, much. I, I think the more it's, options, the better. That yeah, I understand. It's like expensive. And yeah, it's probably a lot to do that. Yeah. It would be nice. And, and the thing is, I, I do think having that sympathy is important because, like we were talking about with tutorials, like game developers have to make tough decisions where it's like, well, we can't do everything. We yeah. have to cut something, yeah. even though we really yeah. want it. However, I think being vocal about it and, and letting people know that, no, like, yeah. we want more subtitled games. There, there's an audience for that. I think that is important. Saying Yakuza. that and, and really getting out there and vocalizing. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. E4 Play on that. Yeah. Um, Even doing it Yakuza style, like just not doing English VO. Well that's been sure. received. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And how, like, I can't imagine. I mean, obviously in Yakuza 1, it was in dub and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to play Yakuza 3 or 4 or 5 in no. English. It just no. wouldn't feel right. No. That game is about yeah. Japan, yeah. Yeah, it's you know? Japan. It, that doesn't make any sense. And I've totally, I, I want to say it here. Uh, during the Persona episode of Frame Trap, you know, I definitely was like, come on, you're, you're making too big of a deal about the thing with Persona 5 and, and not having subtitles. And I, you know, I totally have not No, we had a great discussion. No, but I, I agree with you. I, I think, I wish that option was there for yeah. people that for want a, it. For like a, a game Especially like that with a fan base like yeah. that, yeah. It, I think it's a big misstep not having and, it. And Especially yeah, for Persona. I totally agree with you. Because Persona totally is like, Triple A, right? We can call Persona Five a Triple A game, like in terms of budget and stuff. Seems like a huge they probably game. They a lot of money making this game. It is close. Yeah. I will say this: it's closer than it's probably ever been. Yeah. Yeah. But does Fifteen have Japanese or no? The demos did. I don't know if they. they I do won't. not know. Yeah, I don't know. They, I they, they, don't they, know. they could if they wanted to, but historically they have not offered it in our territory because their their argument's always been we spent all this I time and effort I think they offered it for 13.2 in language I think the DLC the original 13 this was a yeah, hot yeah. topic with them because we were asking them during development interviews why they wouldn't put the game out with Japanese English subtitles it wasn't a space issue that's like the go to answer mm-hmm. now that people like to do to get like why isn't there the Japanese audio it would take up too much space on the Blu-ray disc uh, maybe we'll release it as DLC or something which means they just need more time it's not a space issue they just didn't understand there was a demand for it. They're like, wait, right. people really want to read the text and hear Japanese? And like, yeah, do you not know about anime? Like, well, what's up? Like, And then when 13 came out, they, just, they didn't do it. And their argument then was, we spent all this time and effort into the English dub. We want you to experience it how we did it. We don't want you to go experience it in a language you don't understand. But then people went and found that the, they had an Asian version that had English or Japanese with English subtitles. And people nice. were like, let's go get that. It, it existed. So they could do it. They yeah. did it. They just didn't want us to have it for whatever re- Like, that was their reason. And if they added him afterwards in 13.2 and Lightning Returns, it's probably because, all right, we saw the data. Like, we need to do it. I don't understand how anyone could take that position. It's like, be the good guy. Appease those people. They're yeah. going to be your biggest advocates. Yeah, exactly. Like, Please your fans. Yeah, it, it, that was, like, old. 
like Square Enix. Like, yeah. Dark, dark times. Weird, dark like, times. Dark, yeah. dark times. We don't want to think about that. Uh, the idea of someone saying it. Don't you know about anime? Is <laughs> well, really well, it's more like, to me. You, like, exactly, like I don't think you understand <laughs> English <laughs> anime fans. Yeah. Don't like, you watch I don't know. Anime? It doesn't exist. In, it doesn't exist in Japan fan because they it's Japanese. They speak Japanese over there. Here, there is a divide. There is a debate oh, yeah, over subs versus dubs. So what I meant to say, like I use shorthand there. The real question I posed to them was like, do you not understand that there's an argument and debate between subs versus dubs in our culture? And that releasing both versions Please would appease both and would help you guys out. Yeah. That's excellent. Our next question cool comes story from yeah, yeah, like that. Hal. Who was that? Toriyama. He, uh, he says, DLC-related question. Beloved Allies, with the recent release of Blood and Wine being heralded as one of the best examples of DLC ever, what are some other pieces of DLC that you think represent Ooh. everything the format can and should be? Last uh, every okay. Souls DLC, pretty much. Every Souls DLC, Last of Us, uh, Resident Evil Five, GTA yeah, 4. Lost in Nightmare, mm-hmm. GTA Four has specifically great DLC. that one. GTA oh my 4. god, dude, Gay Tony, GTA Four, so oh, good. Yeah, all the Grand Theft Auto, all the GTAs. Um, I think some of the the Mass Effect DLC has been oh, I really pretty played those. Dang good. The mm-hmm. what was the last one they did for Mass Effect Three? Yeah, yeah, the, the Citadel. Yeah, is that what it was called? The, what, it, it, it's the sort Citadel. of like a dance party thing. Yeah. Well, going to the nightclub. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like sort of a send off for the series. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was that one. Yeah, yeah, that was the good one. It is a really good one. But everyone said it came too late. I was like, eh, whatever. I enjoyed it. It's good. <laughs> what um, do you think of uh, the Lords of Shadow DLC? Unacceptable. <laughs> no, I hate that. <laughs> that is okay, the idea of the worst type of DLC. Osiris Wrath. Yeah, DLC. It is. It is terrible. Well, I mean, the DLC itself is fantastic, but the fact that it is the ending of the game, yep, and you have to pay more mm-hmm. to get Prince it. Prince of Persia. Same with Prince DLC. of Persia. Yeah. Ah. Locking the ending behind these... Oh, my God. Unacceptable. Uh, this one comes in from <laughs> David Green. He says, Villain motivations. Greetings and salutations. I just wanted to know what villains slash antagonists in video games you think have the worst or most absurd motivations. Okay. Even if the story is good and amazing, the villain could still be a little lackluster. My example, and please don't hate me, is Sephiroth. I love Final Fantasy VII, and it's one of my favorite games of all time, but he's a really weird antagonist is the embodiment of absurd motivations. Uh, he's just super entitled because he mm-hmm. thinks he deserves to rule the planet. That's why. I mean, it's like a god complex. Tons of people have that. I mean, it's like an original idea, but I get it, I guess. Sure. He's just super arrogant, thinks everyone's like below him. Wesker. Same thing. <laughs> Wesker. As uh, Sephiroth. What do you think oh. about Bowser's motivations, Huber? I love his motivations. What's his motivation? Super Mario RPG. Super Mario RPG. Okay. He really just wants to hang out with Peach. Again, I, I don't know. <gasps> he just wants friends. Yeah. He I just, just wants friends. He, no. friends. I just think he wants to cause trouble. He's been bullied. No, he, he does. He had a rough childhood. Yeah, he's a bully, but he wants like attention. He's doing it for the attention. Are you fanficking me right That's now? Right. That's no, right. this is legit. This is Super Mario RPG lore. But, Officially but, penned. Pertinent to the question, though, what are, what are some motivations that we think are absurd or detract from the story? Uh, most recently, I just finished Mirror's Edge. Oh, sure. great yes. example! Yeah, great yes. example. Yeah, just yeah. these villains that are so boring, so boring. Villains that are like, you don't know any better. Where I'm doing the right thing when it, you don't see that where they're coming the from. Thought process. You don't see their thought process. It's uh. Uh, Call of Duty Ghosts. I thought some of the things that happened with the villains in that story were yep. Little uh, leapy 
in logic. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Necron? What do you think about that? Necron. Probably seen that. Oh. I don't. I love Final Fantasy Nine is my favorite Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I love Final Fantasy. I favorite. don't love the end of Final Fantasy. It, 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 it goes places very quickly that are super bizarre and feels very slapped mm. together. Yeah. What about Barthandalus? Barthandalus. <laughs> I don't know what, what was the motivation? Appears out of nowhere. Dude, he. If I remember actually thinking he was pretty insane about like gods and all this, and like people are just like the. Sp- Spawn of like the yeah. higher be like it was pretty crazy. It there's an idea there, but the, <laughs> the, the way they there. explain it, yeah. it's just like we're doing this now, and you, <laughs> it's like only after the fact that you very meticulously have to try to piece it together yeah. because there's no flow to it. Yeah. Oh. he could have been cooler than he was. Yeah. That's a hard question that I need to uh, do some research on because there's so many terrible villains that are just yeah. like I'm evil. But I think I'm good. Yeah. I'm doing the right thing for the world. And I'm going to just... Like the Watchmen situation where it's like... I'm going to destroy a bunch of people to make the lives of, of, of uh, more better. You know? For me, it's like not necessarily their plan. It's about how they go about doing their plan mm-hmm. that yeah. has the impact on me. The best yeah. still is Dr. Wily. <laughs> because his, his job is just to kill Mega Man. And he builds robots and stuff, try and stop them, builds a labyrinth. No, the robots were helpful, but then he made yeah, them corrupt. Yeah, he corrupted them. Yeah. It, it, all he should do is just make a level of, like, in the spikes. Yeah. Just kill Mega Man. Like, not spending smart. all this money on this stuff, like, spend, spend, you know, half the money, build a level of spikes, Mega Man can't progress, kill Mega Man. Maybe the robot masters built that he, he, world. Dr. Y, I think, does it because he wants to be caught. He wants to lose. I mean, there's like zero stakes for him because if he loses he was, anyways. He was abducted by aliens in 2, yeah. so they planted the thing in his head where he has to eternally fight Mega Man. Yeah. Some villains with some serious the lore. best motivations? Mm. Oh. Naruto. Naruto. Oh. Ten villains have like <laughs> the best motivations possible. Sick. Yeah, great villains. So many oh, villains, dude. Just oh like... Dry, like... Like, that was the deciding moment of where I'm like, yo, this is better than Dragon Ball Z. Come at me. Sorry. Let's bring up your boy. So many. Orochimaru. Orochimaru, Kakuzu, Pain, Madara, all these guys, dude. Just legendary. Once upon a time. So good. I thought dramatic, sympathetic sob story backstories for villains was cool and amazing when I played Metal Gear Solid. It's like, whoa, these villains have like such sad stories. And then I watched anime. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, yeah. this is the most cliche well said. in the history of the universe. But then you got just badass yeah. people like Orochimaru yeah, who just want to be immortal. Yeah, there's not a lot of villains like that. Right, Naruto. The, Naruto Shippuden, the Wind Wa- I'll This is one of the few times I'll praise this game. The Wind Waker's Ganondorf. He just wanted, his people were in a scorched desert no vegetation, no water, just struggling to survive. They had neighbors who they asked for help, Hyrule, but they were treated as outcasts. He was just trying to conquer it to give his people a chance to live. And he has this monologue at the end where he explains, like, I coveted the winds and the green fields of Hyrule. I just wanted my people to have a better life. So I went about it a really horrible Boom. way. Yeah. So Boom. wait, 7.8? Sympathetic. 
Symbol. And the, go- the, gods, a, the gods still is that a 7. 8 motivation? The gods are like, you still can't win. Your people still get to suffer. And then Twilight Princess happened, like, we executed, Hyrule executed all of your people. Yep. Murderers. Genocide. Genocide. Mass genocide. Hi- Hyrule family, evil mofos. Better be careful. Well, that, that, the Garuda put a pretty, hit, put pretty a, bad Put people. a hit out on you with Sheik. Sheik will come and throw a freaking dagger in you. Is like the most yeah. grievous sin yeah. of our collective group. Dude, for real though, Orochimaru has the greatest motivation yeah. on the most cliche no. motivation. It's a it's a twist on a cliche that makes it just oh, can't get into details about it. Ooh. Our last question comes from Edwin. He says, "Hi guys. So recently, I've been getting super excited for the Seven remake and Final Fantasy 15. To celebrate, I decided to go back and play some of my favorites. First went to four, but for some reason, couldn't get through it." I actually never finished 7 as a kid, so I tried that next. Couldn't really get into it. The 9, my all-time favorite game, and I couldn't do it. After the third attempt, I realized something. I just can't stomach traditional JRPG turn-based combat systems anymore, (laughs) and it hurts me. I am a champion of traditional JRPGs, always recommend them, etc. But I haven't played a turn-based game in 5 or 6 years, and I just can't do it. It raises the question, which I would like to propose to the panel. Do the traditional turn-based RPGs have a place in in the mainstream world of gaming anymore, or have they been relocated to boutiques like I Am Setsuna? They have a mainstream. Persona is going to be mainstream. Persona 5 is mainstream now. Yeah, I... The, the two things I want to say is it's totally cool if you're not into turn-based battle systems. Sometimes your tastes change as you grow older or you get separated from things that happens. There's nothing wrong with you. But there's also not necessarily anything wrong with turn-based systems. I still enjoy them very much. That's, that's my favorite way to play a, a JRPG is when they have some sort of turn-based system. Um, and I, I just don't like it when people... Re- like you used to like something and they don't like it anymore and then they say is this is this still relevant mm-hmm. like no it's just not relevant because for i you. don't like it yeah right. it's not relevant I'm not for saying, you i'm not trying to make an example of you i'm not saying that that is what you're saying put them on blast uh no 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 i just that's always my least favorite type of argument where it's like well i don't like this therefore it it sucks or the world should think random encounters are a plague that need to be destroyed yeah, you don't like random battle systems. That's, that's one of the reasons why I <laughs> no, say no, this Not of turn-based. Turn-based. turn-based I can still stomach. I think there needs to be more of a purpose behind them rather than doing it for the sake of being it. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like they go hand-in-hand hand more with strategy RPGs now. Like, mm-hmm. if you're still looking for good turn-based stuff, there are plenty of good strategy RPGs that exist and are going to keep continue to be made. Go to those. They still have yeah. a place. And I think there's more purpose behind that, like you need to calculate your moves and stuff. There's meaning behind it. There's still meaning in turn-based stuff, but I feel like unless you have like what Final Fantasy VII did where if you wait too long, your enemy can go. Like you don't do, like it just freezes the game. You have eternity to think about it. I think it takes a little bit out of the tension at a certain point in the game. Eventually you learn how like everything, the spells work and stuff and you get how it's going to be. And it just feels like I would have, I would get more out of this if this was in real time, because then you're requiring me to think on my feet. You're also requiring me to think about physical position, like like taking in the elements of the environment. There's more to process, I feel like, at that. It, 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 but if they're going to stay turn-based, they need to give me more to think about to justify why you're slowing down the combat to be so like that more methodical it approach. Seems you like, it needs to be methodical. You like ATB, though, way more than waiting. Oh, yeah, like, ATB is fine, because if you take too long to think about it, yeah, like, oh, enemy's going to still wail on you. It's like, shit, like, tension, I can't think about that, that though. Like, like, if they yeah. have the ATB with waiting, you can take off the or, waiting. Like, like, Final Fantasy XII has that. Yeah, and, like, Final Fantasy X, you can actually see, like, 
the turn base, it showed you what your action would do to the lineup of moves. Like, this is going to take a, this is a long cast move. You're actually going to lose a turn down the line. Mm-hmm. Like, you could see, like, the outcome of what your action is going to be. Like, that's the type of stuff, I think, made it more interesting. I just don't want to go back to, like, like any NES, SNES turn-based stuff where, like, you don't have, like, a consequence for waiting all the time if you don't want to, if you don't have active time existing. It's just, like, just sit there... The enemy's gonna wait for you. I'm gonna think about this forever. It's just like there's. I, I just don't like it, the tension went away for me at some. Like we go away. Back then it was like holy shit, like a boss battle. Like I I, I needed the time, but maybe it was because I was younger and maybe because the like it was still new, games are still new. But now it's just I need more of a reason. Like there needs to be there needs to be more depth. That sounds weird to the turn based system. For me to probably get into it versus like a real time combat system in an RPG game, I I, I don't know. Def- definitely, I mean there are definitely uh, a lot of turn based JRPGs that I play where it's like, man, you, what do you have here is basically a framework I've seen a thousand times, and what you're adding is not enough to really give me more depth or erode that monotony of constantly fighting things. But I think some games have done it really, really, really well. I think Bravely Default is an example of, of mm. taking something that is classic and throwing in a unique twist a a unique twist that really changes how you approach and think about battle Um, I think Tokyo Mirage Sessions is another game that uh, is definitely takes a bunch of ideas from different things and and combines them in a new fun way that really forces you to think and punishes mistakes so severely uh, that it it keeps you on your toes and it keeps that tension there I liked Um, uh, two examples I can give to defend like how I like turn based stuff Golden Sun Mm. Um, with the gin system, mm-hmm. basically, like you you spent gin points or whatever, like when you use like a, a spell or whatever, but you could like stack them with different players, so you could make each battle pretty unique, um, in terms of how you arrange like the the gin um like slots, um DS Nino Kuni that never came out here because you, your physical positioning of your enemies mattered in battle. Like, there was some boss... The simplest example is a boss attack. You need to stack your... Essentially, your tank character in the front to take the brunt of a boss attack and, and then mitigate the damage from the other two players. But it was still all turn-based. You knew it was coming. So the turn before, you had, like, a chance to rearrange people and then have each one of them take an action. So stuff like, like that. And that's why, like, when I say, like, a lot of my personal preferences gravitate towards, like, positioning and, like, dealing with the environment, which is why strategy RPGs seem to come like as a better solution for that because like man very tactical like moving like you have to think about where you're moving your character as well as what you can do on your turn like I just think those go such so well hand in hand that it's always going to be uh, a genre that's going to be around because like because as I said they go hand in hand you can always look to that for like your turn based fix but I also get people want like a story based like traditional turn based RPG mm-hmm. and that's why I said like the ideas I liked they presented just yeah. do stuff like that think of creative ways to do it it though. sounds like though he just doesn't like turn-based combat though period yeah and he likes to be like more in control like i guess what Final Fantasy 15 would be yeah and i honestly i totally understand that if somebody would say i hate turn-based jrpgs i mm-hmm. i get it because there there is a monotony present with like constantly fighting Even oh yeah going through tokyo mirage sessions you are when you get into a dungeon you are fighting all the time like you can avoid enemies but you get into so many situations where it's like, no, they're, they're going to run into me. I'm going to have to fight. And you have to fight to level up to get experience. But for me, and it's not going to be the same for everybody, there's this sort of comfort zone that I kind of like with that 
where I feel like you get into a rhythm and just slowly seeing yourself get powerful, it's sort of that grind to a big moment I like. Well, and to build on that, Ben, it's like you go in a dungeon for like three hours, nonstop battling. There's nothing yeah. like conquering that boss, right. getting out of there, going back to town, looting up, you know, buying, yeah. uh, interacting with shop owners and everything for another like hour or so without any combat. I love the balance. Right, and, and I, I love, there are so many games I play where it's like you, it's climax after climax after climax. Mm. Like they're always hitting you with something exciting. But I sort of like the lulls of JRPGs, yeah. like you're saying, because once you reach that moment, it feels so much more significant. Like there are moments in JRPGs where I have never felt more stressed or engaged in a fight, just because I felt like I've been building up to this moment mm. for forever. Dragon Quest Eight. Yeah. Don't make us fight. Dude, show us stress eleven. Show us. TGS, please. Next month. You see it. Are you see the combat? <laughs> Are they going to have random encounters in Dragon Ghost 11? I think you'll see them. When yeah, you like see that. the enemies? Just, yeah. just like you can in 9. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Guys, that's going to do it oh. for this week's Frame Trap. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you, panel, for your, your enthusiasm, your thoughtful answers. Yes, talking about Nintendo. We'll get riled up. Yeah, I like it. Um, I apologize. The game the game did not work out as well as I intended. Hijacked. It's okay. I think you guys hijacked it and turned it into good. something better anyway, so I appreciate that. Uh, we'll, I'll try to think of something a little bit better down the line. No, I liked it. No, it was cool. I love that. It, we just let it roll and it just turned into that. Yeah, that's that's what Frame Trips is. It just it turns into whatever we want. Just kind of like D&D with us, with Huber. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you want more Easy Allies, please go to easyallies.com. There you can find everything, all of our social media, our Patreon. Uh, there's also, I, I'm going to say this till the end of time, the, the forums on easyallies.com. They're really great. Uh, super awesome people that want to interact with you, that want to be positive about games safe and place. about Easy Allies. Uh, it's a safe place. In our Discord. We yeah, we do have an easy, Thank you, uh, Brad, for bringing that up. I would have forgotten. People in there chatting, playing games with people. Yep. Uh, if you would like to send an email, if you would like me to read it and butcher your name, please uh, send an email to askeasyallies at gmail.com. Pretty easy to remember. But that's going to do it for us. Please join us next time.